This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Joy, bliss. It's wonderful. It's Friday. Thank the Lord you've made it to Friday. Well done. It's the 11th of December. The Council House betrayal. If you haven't heard of this before, this will freak your day out completely. The new series of TV Celebrity Bake Off with some very odd people. As uh, I said before, what on earth Will Young's doing on there? I've got no idea. Perhaps he isn't doing anything at the moment. Or, in fact, hasn't been doing anything for some time. Uh, most eligible bachelor, apparently, is Prince Harry. Oh, yawn, yawn, yawn. Uh, the disabled police chief, sacked after being filmed rowing a boat. Cheryl, apparently, has got the gaunt look. Marriage is on the rocks, they've said. Well, I mean, if it is, that didn't last five minutes, did it? And uh, the girlfriend of the gangster, Paul Simmons-Turner, who was uh, shot dead the other day, comes eye-to-eye with a gunman. Can't help feeling if you hang around with gangsters, you're kind of going to sort of meet that at some point, aren't you? £800 uh, for a no-ticket for a commuter. He thought he was being really clever. We'll name and shame on the programme this morning. He got stopped with no, no ticket, and so he got fined. He didn't pay that. So they got him another fine, and he ignored that one as well. So they took him to court, and the court has, uh, has really laid into him, and he's now got uh, £800 to pay up. Ha, 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 ha. Well, there you go. And I did listen to somebody earlier on who was uh, speaking to Darren, who was in West London, and said what a dreadful place it was because of the, the noise from the aircrafts, and he couldn't go and sit in his garden or something. I've never had such drivel in my entire life. I've lived in West London for the past 40 years, and it's lovely out there. You really don't notice the planes flying overhead. You don't hear them. In fact, if somebody says to me, when was the last plane that flew overhead, and I'm in the flight path, I couldn't tell you. I can only assume he must have been remembering the war and he was remembering the prop jobs coming over. Because anybody who lives in West London, you don't notice the planes at all. And if you do, there's something the matter with you. Nobody notices them. Seriously. The only plane I could ever hear taking off was Concorde. You could hear Concorde. Concorde was so noisy. But it was worth watching because it was spectacular. But you don't hear anything in West London at all. And it's beautiful. he said, oh, Ealing's terrible. And I thought, perhaps he's on medication, bless him. Perhaps he's on something. Certainly didn't sound like he was on the real world with the rest of us. Uh, Morrison's and Asda have cut petrol to less than a pound a litre. Whoopee. I don't shop in Morrison's or Asda, and I certainly wouldn't be putting the petrol in the car. Uh, the fire crew's cruel prank. It is a bit cruel, actually. If you've got young people, put their fingers in their ears, make them do la-las. OK, from now. What they did, they actually got a, a Father Christmas and they plastered him on the front of one of their fire engines and, and they, they pretended that they'd run him over. So he went, so they put on the thing that there'd be no presents from Father Christmas this year. OK, you can stop la now and we should be able to get away with that. Um, the man who suffered a heart attack at the age of 28, eight cans of Red Bull. Eight cans of Red Bull. And uh, that's because it's just full of sugar, isn't it? I, I believe they do a, a non-sugar version. Kind of defeats the object, but there you go. And uh, and the thief who pinched a crate of Lucasade and got away on a hoverboard. They must be really slow in that store because hoverboards don't go fast enough. I mean, he should be easy to catch. They're illegal to use on the streets. So not only can you have him for theft, you can have him for using the hoverboard out on the street. You can't use them on pavements, on the roads, anywhere. They are totally verboten. Lock him up, throw away the key and let him spend a miserable Christmas, which is good. I quite like the idea. I quite like the idea that uh, Emma Willis and uh, Ryland could be off to the X Factor. I wish he'd go off somewhere. Certainly off television, I suspect. It's a Daily Star story, so take it with a pinch of... Oh, there's a lot of salt. And it's probably going to go no further, I should imagine. And Jess Glynn has offered to write a hit single for Cheryl Spagbowl. And to be honest with you, that's not going to make the slightest difference. It really isn't. She's had her day. Nobody wants to see her in the charts. You know, we saw her dancing like an old lady the other day. <gasps> 
was dreadful. I mean, seriously, it was just awful. Uh, yesterday, I spoke to Tina Fey. Big star. Big, big star in America. Super new film out, released this weekend, called Sisters. Um, I, I did say to her, you need to see it twice. Because you'll, you'll then get the gags the second time round that you missed the first time round. And it's a sort of, it's a road trip girl film. But boys will like it as well, because it's, it's got the trashy element. The trashy element is good. You'll like the trashy element. It's got simulated sex. It's got uh, just about everything. Rude words. Lots of rude words. Lots of rude words. And, uh, and she was good. We talked to her yesterday. Today we're going to be talking to Tim Roth about the uh, Quentin Tarantino film, which he is in. It's a very, very good film. Very good. I'm, I don't think I'm giving too much away if I say there's a lot of blood. That's, that's all I can tell you about Tarantino films. There's always an awful lot of dialogue and there's all uh, an awful lot of blood. And there's both in this film. That's all I'm going to tell you about it. Uh, anyway, we take all your texts and emails on the programme. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And generally speaking, between now and the hour of 6.30, we shall put the world to rights. We shall hopefully put a smile on your face. And we'll get you thinking and we get you going, oh, you know, he's right, you know. Never, ever wrong, actually. Never, ever wrong. But uh, it, is, it is an interesting fact that uh, ever since uh, well-known bigot... Tyson Fury started spouting off on something he knows nothing about. You know, I really wish people wouldn't spout off about paedophilia and homosexuality and this and that when they know nothing about it. He's not intelligent enough to know about it. But over in uh, Northern Ireland, a reporter over there called Andy West, uh, who is gay. He's openly gay. He's not, you know, we've, we've kind of moved on a little bit from the... Uh, he's gay? Oh, God, no, you can't say that, can you? No, he's openly gay. He's openly gay. He doesn't have any problem. They don't have any problem with him. Unfortunately... He put something up on Facebook, and for that, the BBC have suspended him. Uh, he attacked the heavyweight champion, and the alleged claim that the devil would come home if homosexuality, abortion and paedophilia were all legal. He posted on Facebook, My employer is hurting me and other gay people by celebrating someone who considers me no better than a paedophile, and who believes homosexual people are helping to bring about the end of the world. It's tempting to see him for the laughable idiot he is. So he doesn't even use rude words. But sadly... There are many other idiots who will be inspired and encouraged by his naive juvenile bigotry. I'm ashamed to work for the BBC when it lacks bravery to admit it's making a mistake. Anyway, he was suspended yesterday. Suspended for, you know, pending an investigation. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So the Metro asked the BBC, you know, hello, BBC. Yes. Is it the BBC in Northern Ireland? Yes. Did you suspend a reporter? We can't comment on individual cases. Did you suspend a reporter? I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm frightened. I work for the BBC. We let Jimmy Savile get away with things for years and it's never been the same since. We don't know what to do here. So they don't comment. Devoted uh, Christian Fury has tweeted, I don't hate homosexualities. You heard it from the Gypsy King. Oh, God, honestly. Do lally, do lally, do lally garbage, mate. Keep your big mouth shut until you can engage your brain, if indeed there is one inside there. Most boxers' brains went out to lunch years ago. So the BBC suspend a reporter who is openly gay. I mean, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, Andy West, I think the BBC have operated bigotry against you because you're gay. 
I think because you're gay and you've come out and said that they're not, you know, they're actually putting somebody up who is openly homophobic. Whether he said he's, he's not, he just doesn't. Uh, he says, I don't hate homosexuals, no. And he certainly doesn't understand them, does he? Do you think there'd be any living next door to him? Oh, I do hope so. Don't you hope a bunch of Marys moves in next door and felt, starts throwing the gayest parties ever? We love you, Tyson. We love you lots. We're going to kiss your wife and you as well. <laughs> Just to make sure it really, 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 really gets him. And uh, But anyway, so I think the reporter over there, I think, needs to get a good lawyer. Suspended for actually daring to speak out against a bigot. Bloody hell, I tell you. It's plumb new depths, the BBC. But of course you know, don't you? If you listen to BBC local radio. BBC Radio Cardiff. BBC Radio Penrith. BBC Radio wherever. They're not allowed to have opinions. They don't like people to have opinions. So you have to sit there like a mute. You might as well put a trained chimpanzee on there presenting the programmes. You're supposed to be able to have an opinion in this day and age, but not if you work with the BBC local radio, because they're back in the dark ages and they haven't moved on at all. It's a bit of a shame, really. But uh, I feel a bit sorry for Andy West, because he's going to be made a scapegoat. They can't work it out, can they? They don't know whether they're Arthur or Martha down there. I mean, perhaps they should just get rid of all, all gay people who work for the BBC. Oh, that'd close it down, wouldn't it? God, no more, no more BBC gay people. Heavens above. All right, for the paedophiles within the organisation, but, uh, but gay people, I don't think so. I don't understand why they get it so wrong. How could you get it so wrong so much of the time? He's allowed an opinion. He thought you were wrong. You know, whoever you are, in sort of allowing him to go forward for personality of the year. What next? Kim Jong-un up there for services to mankind. You know, Hitler for helping everybody out. You know, it's as, it's as bad as that. It is as bad as that, whether they see it or not. And I worry that they don't. I do worry. I do worry. So we'll, we'll watch that one with great interest to see how long poor uh, BBC Northern Ireland reporter Andy West's suspension goes on for. I mean, they'll be going, this is very serious, you know, Andy. You can't criticise the BBC. He's a bigot. What do you mean you can't criticise him? He's a bigot. Of course you criticise bigots. Otherwise, you know, we're in a worse mess than we thought we were in the first place. Quentin Tarantino says he doesn't make the kind of film that attracts Oscars, but I think he's up for some Golden Globes. I think he's up for Golden Globes. I'm hoping Tina Fey is as well, which will be quite nice. And uh, bring out the bolly. Chez will stay put. Yes, good old Chezza. Chezza, who's... Uh, Trying desperately to force food into her mouth. But according to one of the papers, the reason she's looking gaunt was not because uh, her husband's father died, which is what we were told originally, but uh, that her own marriage is on the rocks. Um, to be honest with you, I shouldn't imagine she's got anything in common with anybody at all. She likes to elevate herself. <coughs> Excuse me. He's, um, he's a restaurateur, I believe. And, uh, and that's about as far as it goes. They can't have anything in common. They can't have anything. That's, what, that's why... Poor old um, Kelly Brook can't keep a man for longer than five minutes. Because you suddenly realize, looks fantastic, talks crap, talks rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Ghastly. So poor old Shezza, never mind. She's probably quite lonely, I should imagine. A bit like Ainsley Harriet. Uh, thank you to Hillman's, as always, very much indeed. We've got the diary. We've got some uh, very nice products. Thank you very much indeed, as always. I think this must be a year. Oh, I've lost track of how many years Hillman's have been uh, very kind to us at Christmas. The diary. I tell you who loves the diary more than anybody. Nick Ferrari. Nick Ferrari loves it. He said, I use that for instructing my housekeeper what to, uh, what to do. <laughs> so, Hillman's, thank you very much indeed. They've been a, a family-run butcher since the 1800s, about 1840-something. 
So, up there in Kilburn, thank you very much indeed. And, uh, and the compliments of the season to all of you and to everybody else who's working this morning as we sort of go into the, into the run-up to Christmas. You've got, what have you got now? 12 days, 13 days left? 13 days until we hit sort of the... It's not long, is it? It's not long. I brought Christmas cards to write today. I'm writing Christmas cards out. Lots of love, Stephen. That's what I shall write in all of them. To myself, of course. Don't people think I don't get Christmas cards here? I do. I get lots of Christmas cards. Quarter past four. She was a bit aggressive, wasn't she? I've heard that a few times now. And so she was going on about, you know, if, if, you're, if you're really poor, you have, a, you have a phone. To speak to whom? To speak to other poor people. I don't quite understand what's the point of having that. Isn't it quite rightly said? You use a payphone. How many of you have seen that aren't vandalised? Loads. Loads round here. Like somebody saying to me the other day, how many people become ill, you know, with... Um, with sort of pigeons, you know, set, loads of people, thousands every year get uh, get hit by, uh, by, by pigeons. Ugh, ghastly. And there's somebody the other day from Canada, if you please, from Canada, writing to a British person about Christmas when we're the experts in it. You're the new country. We've been doing Christmas since God created Gethsemane, for goodness sake. And was telling me that, uh, that White Christmas is actually called Holiday Inn, which, of course, goes to prove what a complete idiot he must have been, because White uh, Christmas and Holiday Inn are two separate films. One's got Fred Astaire in and the other one hasn't. White Christmas has got, uh, is, is the story about, about the general, which is the one they did on stage, completely different from Holiday Inn. What's the matter with these people? They don't know anything, do they? Idiots, ladies and gentlemen, idiots. Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. The Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, faces growing pressure to disown Stop the War Coalition amid claims the group has lost its moral compass. Can we trust them? Very interesting. Jeremy Corbyn is also defending a convicted uh, fraudster in court, saying he should have the right to spend Christmas with his family. He cheated pensioners out of more than £600,000. And also, from where he comes from, they don't celebrate Christmas. Seems a bit pointless, but there you go. He's never quite getting it right, is he, Corbyn? One in seven suspected paedophiles arrested in the last nine months are in positions of trust, including teachers, police officers and medics. It's also phone farage, your chance to put your questions to the UKIP leader, plus they'll be speaking to the London Mayor Boris Johnson, and the two men who want his job, Zach Goldsmith and Sadiq Khan. And in an LBC exclusive, we speak to a Syrian man who's one of the first of 20,000 refugees to be resettled in the UK. Deputy Chairman of UKIP, Suzanne Evans, will be looking at the papers for today. If you have just joined us, I'm Steve Allen. This is my early breakfast programme. This is the... Ow! Sorry, that spike again always comes up to hit us at four o'clock in the morning and remains with us until practically the end of the programme. So that's good news, isn't it? Peter says boxing would be all right if it wasn't for the punching. Uh, Luckily, uh, Mr Fury wears boxing gloves. That stops him grazing his knuckles whilst he's walking along. An indication to the fact he's very Neanderthal. Uh, Junior in Glasgow is uh, is out of hospital after an opt to remove a tumour, so I'm so glad I got the all clear. The podcast keep me going. Thanks to all the Facebook spikers for their best wishes, which is good news. We always like good news before Christmas. Actually, I like good news all of the time. I'm really not... Uh, I, I, I don't do bad news. I know occasionally we have to tell you that Peter Andre's released a record and that sort of kind of takes everybody down to another level. Uh, or the fact that sort of uh, Gemma Collins said something of note about ten years ago, and that's about uh, as far as uh, far, far ahead as it goes. Uh, another one here, Prince Harry, the most eligible bachelor, Stephen. Yes, is he really? Is he really? Yes, uh, he is apparently the most eligible. They obviously couldn't think of anybody else. There's obviously loads of people who've got more money than he has, and they've got better manners. He's just a drunk little boy who sort of, you know, drops his, his clothes at the drop of a hat. After all the stories emanating in the American press about him and Pippa Middleton, I don't believe a word of it. Not a word of it. 
Apparently, uh, Chris says BBC Radio Cornwall have a lunchtime phone-in with a man who's full of opinions. Oh, well he, well, he won't last five minutes. They're not allowed opinions. It's in the mandate. He'll be out by the weekend. Now you've done that. God, you'll be in real trouble now. Real, real trouble. Yeah, they're not allowed opinions. They just have to go and next, here's Doris. Here's Enid. Here's anybody. It's pitifully awful. BBC Local Radio... They end up having sort of report. I mean, the only time somebody did try and argue with somebody and wound them up, they made a complaint and he got suspended. They suspend left, right and centre. There won't be anybody left working for them very shortly. Must be a very soul-destroying job. What have you got a job as? I'm working on BBC Local Radio. Oh, God, you're not. Are you really? Yeah, I wanted to be a dustman, but I got this job in first. <laughs> make any sense, does it, to us? Uh, what have we got? Oh, Warren this morning. Uh, Warren is going to see Kinky Boots. Tonight, uh, I haven't seen it. You'll love it. Everybody who has seen it, Chris uh, on the travel has been to see it. I think he's, I think he's practically in it, to be honest with you. And uh, he absolutely loves it. So if he loves it, that's good enough for everybody else, which I think. Uh, Christmas should be cancelled, said Len, uh, out of respect to the Muslim faith. I think uh, all Muslims celebrate Christmas. Everybody does something, don't they? I noticed somebody said the other... What was this? I saw a sign on something. It said, we are open Christmas day. Because, you know, a lot of people, it doesn't make any difference, does it? If you've got a business and, and you're not celebrating with the family, well, then you open Christmas Day. Because there's always going to be something you run out of. It's either going to be milk, it's probably milk. You're going to run out of milk. You're going to run out, oh, God, I've got no fags left. Run down to the corner shop, get some cigarettes. They'll all be open. Garages will be open. There's loads of places. I mean, years ago, and if you go to certain other countries, come Christmas, everything closes down. It's not open. Nothing's open Christmas Eve from about sort of one o'clock lunchtime when families go home to celebrate uh, all the way through Christmas Day. In this country, most of it's open. Certainly back open Boxing Day. That's why it makes me laugh. You see people pushing trolleys out of Marks and Spencer's. Tons of stuff. Tons of stuff in the trolleys. And you think, but they're open tomorrow. What are you doing? They don't know, do they? You shouldn't have to tell them. Shouldn't have to tell them, I think. And uh, another one here. Looking at the uh, at the stories in the papers, Cheryl and Hubby on the rocks. I wasn't sure though that meant they started drinking or their marriage. Pals fear it's caused gauntlet. What pals? Who are her pals? Doesn't seem to have anybody, does she? But uh, she's she's wasting away, poor little soul. That's what happens, though. Perhaps I should sort of cease my relationship. And then perhaps I'll, you know, the weight will start falling off me. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? I like the idea that the Daily Star are suggesting that uh, Rylan and Emma Willis are going to be moving to the X Factor. I shouldn't think so anytime soon. They'll be under contracts. And also Rylan, I mean, really awful. I mean, worst presenter on television. This is the one we had to laugh at the other day. It's embarrassing, really. We've got to laugh at somebody. When, because they're bringing out their autobiography at the age of 12. Rylan's autobiography will contain details about his husband... Riveting. Two gay men get married. Ooh, hold the front pages. And uh, and it's time on this because apparently he's got loads of celebrity gossip. No, he hasn't. He pinches it out of the newspapers and recycles it two days later. He doesn't know anything about people at all. Nobody would tell anything to him. If you saw him walking towards you at a party, you'd be hot-footing it the other way, wouldn't you? Very quickly. Oh, God, it's that Naff Ryland. I don't want to be seen talking to him. Oh, blimey. Um, Simon Cowell is the man, they say, behind that. Don't believe a word of it. He's too busy worrying about his security. Start worrying about whether he's going to take on Ryland and Emma Willis. Uh, Ant and Deck putting on their festive jumpers for their texting Santa uh, malarkey. Do you know, honestly, they're going to be 70. They're going to make two old men still behaving like they're 15, which is, uh, which is going to be quite funny. Who's that a picture of? Very ugly group. Oh, it's Little Minx. Here they are, the world's ugliest group. All four of them, not one looker. Poor old Perry Edwards. Small wonder Zane ditched you, love. Small wonder. And then there's the one with a face like a round rugby ball. 
And uh, and then this is Jess Glynn. Apparently she's offered to write a hit with Cheryl Fernandez Vassini Spagbol. Good Lord. That won't help, I'm afraid. The pair hooked up on X Factor and Jess told us, yeah, yeah so, so, so she talks, yeah, maybe me and Cheryl can. I love writing with people, so definitely I don't see why not. Lovely. That's really exciting. But unfortunately, nobody's going to be interested in poor Cheryl Spagbol back in the charts anytime soon. It's not going to happen. Nobody, nobody's going to... But listen, they didn't buy the last bit of rubbish she turned out. Why, why bother doing anything again? It's not going to happen. I do wish people had listened to me. I'm never wrong on these things. I can tell. I can tell when sort of somebody's career is on the wane, and definitely in Cheryl's case, it's on the wane. She's not, she's not going to be singing in the charts anytime soon. All this, you know, sort of going out there and, and sort of, you know, filling concerts. She's not. You wouldn't pay money to see her at all now. She hasn't got any talent. She just sits there and trowels on the makeup and doesn't eat anything. A lettuce leaf would be a, probably a big meal, I should imagine. Oh, dear. Uh, you talk about the Beverly Hills housewives sometimes. Have you seen the mob wives? My guilty secret, Steve. Uh, I've seen them a couple of times. I actually prefer the one I saw the other day. Which one was it the other day? Where they were all shouting and screaming at each other. They all hate each other. There was some woman who... Anyway, they, they all break down. And, uh, and, they all, they, and they don't seem to like anybody. When they have gay Andy in the middle... Andy, who sort of runs this uh, sort of thing here. And uh, I think he's very good, actually. Uh, although they haven't actually dragged him out of the closet just yet. But uh, merely time, merely time. And, and he sort of, he goads them. He, he'll sort of sit there and play, play, sort of a devil's advocate. But he doesn't sort of play it in a, in a really clever way. But he sort of does it in his own little American-type way. And it gets them shouting and screaming at each other. You never liked, you did this. We all know about what your past is. You know, there's, there's one old dragon there. She's posed for Playboy twice. She thinks, she thinks that's a good career move. She thinks it's a career move. Seriously, it's that desperately sad. And you look at her and you think, I don't know. just doesn't quite look right, does it? But they all hate each other. All hate each other. Over in Orange County. Now, something happened in Orange County a short while ago. I can't remember what it was. And they burned down somebody's house because they got confused who it was. And they've got lots of gun crime. Seem to have gun crime around Essex as well. As we've got a story in the, uh, in the paper today about the, uh, the gangster, the Mr Big of the drug world, who was gunned down outside of Marriott. And apparently his girlfriend came face to face with the hooded gunman. And you think, well, you know, wh- why would that be surprising, dear? He's a, he's a known drug dealer and you're hanging around with him. You're going to upset somebody at some point. Why would, why would you be surprised when you come face to face with somebody with a sawn-off shotgun? You'd have to be a bit thick, wouldn't you, really? Uh, and then I turned on Loose Women and there they were, fawning all over Vicky Dirty Girl Pattinson. Uh, Glory Hannaford who had it explained to her that she'd, she'd had sex on live television. Did you? Says, says Gloria. You know, and then, and then she went, yes. And I thought, what has television descended into? What has it come to? Some poor old tramp turns up on television to say that they've had sex on television and they've been drunk. So they put her in what they, what they consider sort of decent clothes. Leopard will not change its spots. So Vicky Patterson, here she is. She's been appearing on... You know, since she, since she won I'm a Celebrity, it'll fizzle out. You'll suddenly realise you can't stand the accent. She gets on your nerves and you've suddenly realised that no matter how much you tart somebody up with makeup and hair and put them in a plaid dress, it doesn't alter the fact of where they come from and what they are. And I think you know all about it. I saw right through it yesterday. Right through it. Which is, which is what I, I think interesting. Uh, Pat says, I've not listened to my local BBC radio station since my brother Tom introduced me to LBC. Yes. Well, to be honest with you, why would you want to listen to people who... I mean, generally speaking, they sort of stick the local vicar on, don't they? The local vicar gets a show and the woman who runs the corner shop. 
And it's 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 a little bit tedious, I'm afraid. A little bit tedious. I don't like things like that. It's all me, 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 me. They've got to have some sort of an opinion. Much better. Uh, another one here, which says... says, 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 says um, uh, Jane says, you did predict Spagbol's marriage wouldn't survive. I know. I don't like to... Because I don't believe this story. I have to tell you, I do not believe this story on the front of the papers. I, I don't believe she's looking gaunt because her marriage is on the rocks. I mean, I, I, I don't believe that the marriage will last. I did give it a year, and I'm not, I'm not far wrong. But I, I don't like to put the mockers on it completely. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. Never been proved wrong yet. It's uh, 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes... Oh, yeah, 25 minutes to five, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Who cares what the time is? Who cares what the time is? It's Friday the 11th of December. It's the weekend. That's all I care about. It's the fact it's the weekend and I can get home today about half past 12, one o'clock and uh, go and do things, go and do whatever I want to do. Oh, I know what I've got to do. I've got to sign off my accounts. It was something I have to do at some point over this weekend. And, uh, and I should have a, sort of a nice lazy day. I like Fridays to be a lazy day, a very lazy day. Um, I will bring you the story about the, uh, the clever little boy on the, uh, on the train who got caught without a ticket and thought they could just ignore them and get away with it. I think not. They took him to court. They took him to court. I love it, honestly. And proving that there are, really are so many more bent people in this country. I was watching one of those um, Don't Delay or We'll Take It Away or programmes where, where the bailiffs come round. They go round to this woman. She's rented a house. OK, she's rented a house. Her name is whatever her name is. can't remember. And uh, they go round there to take possession because she obviously hasn't paid the bills. And it turns out she's rented the house, but she's split it up and sublet it to six different families. So they kick them all out on the street. I mean, this it's unbelievable. If you're renting a place out at the moment, are you aware of who's living in it? The only reason I say it is because this is going on for ages, this scam. When we... Uh, I told you the story many years ago. After my mother died, we decided to rent her uh, place out in Henley. She had a very nice place in Henley, which she kept immaculately, immaculately. And so I went down and cleared it and we rented it. We left the beds in and uh, the three-piece suite and stuff like that. And we rented it out. And we rented it out for about, probably about a year, two years, something like that. It was with a local estate agent. Uh, this was, God, I mean, how many years ago was this? This would have been, I don't know, this could have been 15 years ago at least. Anyway. So we rent it out, and then we decide that we're going to put it on the market. We're going to sell it. So we contact the estate agent and say, listen, we've, we've decided we don't want to rent it anymore. We're going to put it on the market. So would you like to market it for us? Oh, yes, we'll do that, says the estate agent. So uh, we put it on the market. Now, it's Henley, right in the middle of Henley. This couldn't be a better position property. You know, very nice, immaculate... Uh, parking, private park, everything. It's got the whole, it's got the whole colcaboodle, as they say. So we sort of, uh, we sort of, we put it on the market and nothing happens. And so after about three months, my brother phones up and says, have we had anybody looking at it? And he said, um, yeah, we've had some people looking at it, but nothing as yet. And so we leave it and then it goes six months and we still don't get any joy with it. Now this should have sold immediately. It should have sold very, very quickly. It was ready to move into. So we decided that I would go down posing as a buyer uh, and have a look at it to see why it wasn't selling. So I go down because he'd only ever met my brother, the estate agent, had only ever met my, my brother. So I go down there posing as the, uh, posing as the client, turn up at the, uh, the place, uh, meet, meet the guy. And I said, oh, yeah, right, I'm looking, at, looking for a place and all the rest of it, looking to move down here. And um, so we, we go into, into my mother's place. Well, it's like a bomb had hit it. 
I mean, seriously, I'm not at all... Now, bearing in mind that we've been paying the estate agent to make sure that every time there was a viewing, the place looked immaculate, which is what they're supposed to... He was being paid a fee for it. Well, they had a mattress in the sitting room, a mattre- two mattresses in one of the bedrooms, two mattresses in one of the other bedrooms. There was about six people living there. It was filthy. I mean, they hadn't... There was washing in the bath. Every, I mean, it was just really awful. Really, really awful. And so I said, oh, it's not a very nice place, is it? Still, I hadn't told him who I was. Hadn't told him who I was at all. And uh, he said, no, he said, I've, I've got another place just over the way, which is much, much nicer condition. And we suddenly realised what this bent estate agent was doing. They were happily taking the money because we didn't live close. My brother's miles away down on, you know, Southampton way. And uh, they were taking the, the commission... It was in, in, not in their best interest to sell the place. So why should they bother tidying it up? Which is, they, they didn't. So anyway, I phoned my brother and he said, what does it look like? I said, it's a dump. I said, that's the reason it's not sold. Anyway, my brother was on the phone to him, threatened legal action. They, they gave us all our fees back and everything else. I mean, I'd have taken him to court. I'd have dragged him through the court system. This man was bent. A bent estate agent. Hard to believe, isn't it, in this day and age? But uh, eventually we actually got it back on the market and we, did, and we sold it quite quickly. But uh, always be very careful if you live away from somewhere and you're renting a place out through an estate agent. Do you check? That's my advice. Check, 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 check and check again. Uh, the McCanns are back in the paper. We've not seen the McCanns in the paper. I couldn't think what, uh, what we were going to see them in the paper for. There are no new leads. In fact, there aren't any leads about Madeleine McCann. There never have been any leads about Madeleine McCann. She just vanished. She just vanished. One minute she was there, the next minute, Gone. I mean, it's it's almost like, you know, the Bermuda Triangle, the Mari Celeste. It's it's almost like, you know, some act of goddess. And she just disappeared. They've got no idea. And so the, the, the McCanns have sort of latched onto everything. They've had millions, millions and millions of pounds going through. The uh, Operation Try and Finder has been scaled down because it had cost us, I think, about ten and a half million pounds. And we were no nearer finding her. We've flown people out on fact-finding missions. We've taken specially trained dogs out there, special cameras to go into the sewers. We've had, But, I mean, it's, it's so far on now. Any, any leads would have disappeared ages and ages ago. There are people back on uh, Praia de Luche in the apartment where she was taken from, if indeed she was taken. They don't, it's, it's that vague. They know nothing. They don't know if she wandered off. They don't know if she drowned. They, they know nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. And so the McCanns, I was intrigued to know why they were uh, out the other day. This is eight years. And so now they're saying what they miss about her. It's almost like they're, they're determined to keep this alive, aren't they, in the public's mind. And uh, so what they've actually uh, done, this is um, some other people who've been featured as well. It's an exhibition held in St Martin in the Fields, hoping to raise money to help support the families of missing people. Well, the McCanns don't need money. They're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. They've, they're, they're, they're sort of, they're both, they're very middle, they're doctors, aren't they? They're not going to be poor. Believe you me, they're not going to be poor. But some of the other people are as well. They've got uh, uh, Peter Boxall's, um, uh, whose who son Lee has been missing for 27 years. 27 at the McCann's, eight years. You know, Lee Boxall. I remember vividly when Lee Boxall vanished and there was all these sort of pictures in the paper. He just vanished off the face of the earth. They don't know. They don't know where they went. So it's, uh, it's an exhibition showing, you know, powerful images depicting families standing by their door. But by comparison, the, the McCanns uh, were the ones who were with their child. That was the difference. Everybody else just disappeared. I think Lee Boxall just went out. He was on his way back. Uh, another one was dropped off at a railway station by her grandparents and vanish, uh, vanished. And Julie Stammers, whose son Anthony went missing in 2012, 
told how she keeps a candle constantly burning in the hope that he will be found. That's what people do. They don't, they don't change anything, do they? They want to keep the room there in case one day they turn up on the doorstep. That's the hope that they cling on to. But uh, I wondered why it is. You see, again, the McCanns get all the coverage. What about all the other families who are featured in this exhibition? They don't put their pictures in the paper. They just put the McCanns in. And the McCanns have said what we miss about her. And uh, they don't ask the other people. It's almost like they've all been airbrushed out. I feel a bit sorry for them. If ever in an appeal with the, with the McCanns, they're, they're going to get, get top dollar in this kind of thing. It's ever such a shame. The whole thing about the missing people. What did I say yesterday on the programme? Nearly a thousand people a day go missing. Or was it a week? Whatever it is, it's a hell of a lot of people going missing. Uh, a lot of them do come back, but there's still people that go missing all the time. They just disappear. They vanish into thin air. We don't know where they go to. And very rarely do they ever sort of turn up again. Very rarely. After they've been missing for about a week, they generally say that's, uh, you know, generally you're looking at a murder inquiry after about a week. In the case of Madeleine McCann, they don't know. They have no idea whether she was abducted. They, they worked on the assumption for ages that she'd been taken uh, by various people, but that came to nothing. They sort of checked uh, paedophiles in the area, but it could have been a childless couple. Might not have been paedophiles at all, but they went down that route. They've tried everything, and none of it works. The people around there, I think eventually the Portuguese people went, listen, this is, we've had enough of this. So they, they gave up. They sort of closed down their operation, and I think our one has been scaled down completely. I just don't know what they were doing every day. There were new leads. There was nothing that came out because we just don't know. We can all sit here and guess, but it's not going to help anybody, is it? Other stories in the paper for today. Every day there's an advert for booze. There's a, a thing that says if you have a glass of wine a day, apparently that's very good for you. It can stave off dementia. So you work on the assumption if a, if a glass of wine can do that, what do you reckon a bottle can do? I mean, that must stave off just about everything, mustn't it, I think? And the street where the average home, it's in London... It's in the London borough of Kensington and Chelsea. For those people living outside of London, it's quite posh down uh, down there. And, uh, you know, if you actually see a, a cat with four legs in the area, it's a stranger. And uh, they've got houses. The average house price in this street is £8 million. That's the average. I mean, quite normal where I live. That's quite normal. And uh, they, they, they've said here, one of them, it's several, you know, financiers who live there, American and French, uh, one, uh, a five-bedroom end-of-terrace house with a ballroom went for £8.15 million. Um, and that's what most of them do. I mean, it just they just look like ordinary houses. Nice, nice, but ordinary houses. Go around Notting Hill. If you're in London for the weekend shopping, get a taxi, just go around Notting Hill <coughs> and go and see, you know, Michael Winner's place, which is now, I think, owned by Robbie Williams. Whether he's there, I don't know, but you can always go and knock on the door and find out, can't you? Quarter to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Uh, sacked, sacked this morning, the policewoman on sick leave. She was caught swimming and dancing. Um, she's a police inspector. It does make you worry, doesn't it, really? A police inspector. You know, you work very hard, if you're a woman, to get from here to there, and then you tell lies and you get caught out, so they, so they sack her. They couldn't have done anything else but sack her. Uh, she lied... And uh, she claimed she was in... I mean, this is, this is the stupid thing nowadays. It makes me wonder. I mean, a police inspector, they're supposed to be really intelligent, aren't they? I'm assuming they're supposed to be intelligent. I don't want to sort of cast aspersions on people who are in the police force, because my mother used to work for the police force. But uh, this woman here, Zoe Salem, uh, Hallam, uh, tried to take medical retirement to secure an enhanced pension after she was injured in a crash, but bosses had her watched. 
So obviously within the police force, they're watching within the police force. The mother of two even asked a photographer not to take pictures of her dancing because she was at war with her bosses. She claimed injuries she suffered left her unable to drive for more than 15 minutes and needed a stick to walk. But colleagues at Nottinghamshire Police says she appeared to have little inclination to return to work. Detective Chief Inspector Austin Fuller, her former line manager, said, My view is that throughout... She had no real interest in coming back to work and her main concern was her insurance policy. Chief Inspector James West says Mrs Hallam uh, was finding any reason possible not to return to work and ordered the medical surveillance. The officer was then covertly filmed behind the wheel of her motorhome for several hours as she drove across France and Jersey on two family holidays, caught rowing a dinghy, cycling and swimming in the sea as well as moving deck chairs on a beach. In other words, she's a bent copper. It's just, it's awful, really, isn't it? On another occasion, she asked a photographer not to take pictures of her dancing at a Northern Soul music event. In Facebook messages sent to the photographer, Mrs Hallam said, do me a favour, don't take any photographs of me dancing, please, at war with my employer, who thinks I should be in a wheelchair if I can't sit at a computer for four hours. She had 25 years of policing experience. You chuck it away, 25 years. She's now been sacked, guilty of gross misconduct after a five-day hearing. And uh, it was a shame here. She claimed the force hadn't done enough to provide her with a suitable new role on her return to work. Trouble is, darling, you didn't return to work, did you? Because you're a bent police officer, you know, and so you lied. And so, uh, you know, they had to kick you out. And so Christmas time, I mean, I hope, you know, hopefully this is a lesson, but I fear it's not. I fear it's not a lesson to anybody at all, really, because they all they all do it, don't they? People think you can get away with it. I've said to people before, you know, people people do things and they go, oh, it was on CCTV. Yeah, they caught you. Like the Primark breastfeeding little fraudster. You remember her. She was hoping to make money out of the newspapers by selling her story that somebody had dragged her child from her breast. And it. Uh, I said there was no way that would ever happen in a million years. Never in a million years. But she was determined to go through with it because she was thick. And she was caught out. And, um, you know, if you see her, you know, on the town, you'll know her because she's the one who's going to be looking for another opportunity to try and make money out of the press. And sometimes the press get caught out. Sometimes they do buy into these things. And other times they see through it. Uh, Everybody saw through Holly Willoughby the other day. She had her serious face on. Uh, when she confronted the mum of three who spent 1,500 quid on 300 presents. Do you remember the one I told you about? 300 presents. Um, and then and Holly does this sort of, you know, thing here, talking to Emma Tapping uh, on This Morning. All these people, if, if, if you hate them, they'll put them on This Morning. That's the whole idea of This Morning. Um, and I don't know, writes Jan Moyer, what was the most preposterous, Holly's cod psychology or Emma's gift lust. Um, and, but, and I said yesterday, it doesn't make any difference. If she wants to spend 1,500 quid on presents for her three children, 300 presents, that's her business. I don't expect anybody to, to sort of tell me what I can spend on my godchildren or how much, you know, how many pennies I can spend on the producer on his, uh, on his huge gift. You know, I don't want anybody to say, it's not, nothing to do with anybody else. If she wants to spend 1,500 quid buying 300 presents, she can spend it. She can go bankrupt as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't care less. I'm really not interested. Really not interested. So, you know, it was all right for the internet trolls to criticise, but there again, they mainly have one or two screws loose. And, and if somebody's got screw talking about screws loose, there's a couple here. Now, I see this differently. Every year you'll find a couple. We've had our Christmas tree for 78 years. They spent 37p on it uh, way back in 1967 uh, when it was 30 years old. In 2015, it's now 78 years old. And all I see, really, I just see them as being cheap. 
<laughs> and tight, because they won't spend money on a Christmas tree. His wife says, we've moved eight months ago and it has somehow survived another move. The lights have been on it for almost 40 years. Good God, that sounds a bit dangerous, doesn't it? But uh, it was purchased for the equivalent of seven shillings and sixpence. 37 pence, for those of you who do not remember pre-decimal. Put your hands down. Most of you remember pre-decimal. Come on! You know, you know what's going on. And so they put this tree up there. I mean, it's tatty in the extreme. Really is. My mother bought a fake Christmas tree years ago. She'd seen it in a shop window. She thought it was lovely. She thought it was fantastic. And um, and and we uh, we we sort of said to her, yeah, it looked great at the time. You look back at it now. They do. There's one company advertising on the television, and their trees look very, 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 very realistic. And they said they actually supply them to all sorts of people, famous people, and TV shows and stuff like that. And uh, and they said and you can buy one as well. I nearly wrote down the the address. I might have to, actually. Um, I love the idea that uh, Millie McIntosh is turning up again. The world's biggest bore, honestly. Yawn, yawn, yawn. They call her the Quality Street heiress. Really? Is she really? A bit like... Who was it who was describing somebody the other day? It might have been Tina Fey. Describing Paris Hilton as thick as a brick. I mean, really, genuinely thick. And I get the feeling that Millie McIntosh who's just a bit of a bore, went out without her little handbag. That's uh, Professor What's-His-Face. And she went to a, a tramp. Uh, sorry, she went to Tramps the other day. Tramp. Uh, looking a bit like uh, a toffee penny sweet. Either way, they, they call her Quality Street heiress, like she's going to inherit it. I think not. I think not. If somebody can prove differently to me, I'd very much like to uh, like to hear it. And Jamie Oliver's company this week accused of ruthless management. He's made about 40 people redundant Christmas Eve. However, his uh, £10 million recipe for a revamped mansion is going ahead. He's having it all done up. It's very nice indeed. And uh, he's just uh, had uh, uh, filed an application for renovations to his Grade 2 listed property. It's worth £10 million. It's very near, apparently, Kate Moss. Neighbours include Kate Moss. See, I think that was a very good reason for not wanting to live there. You know, what are the paparazzi doing? They're all outside Kate Moss's again. Oh, nobody coming down here? No, no, because we sacked people on Christmas Eve. That's very Scrooge, isn't it? Hasn't done him any favours on that one at all, I don't think. Uh, other stories of the paper today, they're advising on what you should drink for Christmas. Uh, water, I suspect. Ice-cold water with lots of ice. Or failing that, the Steve Allen recipe for a lovely sangria. Bottle of red wine. End of story. And, uh, no, bottle of red wine. Good slugs of brandy in it. Loads of ice. Loads of ice. And lots of cut-up fruit. Orange, lemon, pineapple, everything. Just chuck it, apple, chuck it all in. Cut it small, though. Cut it small and you will not be disappointed. I promise you, you'll go, ooh. It's like glue vine, isn't it? You take your worst red wine and you heat it up slowly. Don't let it boil. And, uh, and then you stick some, uh, some glue vine bags in. You can get them from Waitrose. Other supermarkets probably flog them as well. And uh, you can enjoy it. Kenneth says to me, the song White Christmas was first sung in the movie Holiday Inn. Of course, they're two separate movies. Yes, one had Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire in, and the other had Bing Crosby and... Um, oh, I can't remember him now. Who was the other one who was, who was in White Christmas? Come on. Somebody will remember very quickly. First one to it this morning. Gets a super present. It's my Satsuma, but I shall eat it for you. Because by the time, time we put it in the post, it probably would have gone off. It was... Um, oh, God, who was it? White Christmas was Bing Crosby and... And I can picture him. That's what's so annoying. Isn't it awful when you can picture somebody but you can't actually come up with their name? Somebody will come up with their name. Who's the first one to do it this morning? Come on, come on, come on. 
84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. It says, the Christmas tree company... Oh, that's right, Balsam Hill. Balsam Hill. Thank you, Teresa. I knew it, was some... I knew it sounded quite posh. I knew it sounded quite posh. It looked lovely, actually. Uh, the new diabetic tablet's not so good. I haven't taken them yet. I haven't taken them yet. And uh, one here says you've got a new listener up here in Scotland. It is true, actually. We have uh, we have lots of uh, lots of listeners in Scotland. Poor old Peter in Buckhurst Hill. Poor old soul, honestly. He um, he's uh, he's not a fan of Madeleine McCann. I think it's a bit of a shame, really, actually. I think you should always be thinking about her. You know, perhaps you're just a bit heartless. Perhaps you're a bit heartless. Perhaps you don't think about other people. It's, 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 come on, Danny Kay. First one was, uh, I don't know who this one is, actually. See if I can find out who it is very quickly. And uh, have I got a name on it? Have I got, it's John. There you go, John knew, John knew that uh, it was uh, Danny Kay. Thank you very much indeed. (laughs) I know I can rely on you. And um, Jane says, Tramp, they let anybody in there now. Wasn't it famous Tramp for having a... Did it have a pool in there or something like that? Was it? I'm going to check out uh, Balsam Hill. I I don't actually need um, a Christmas tree because we have a real Christmas tree. Uh, And Sarah said, how did Holly Willoughby get a TV job? Um, I've seen her on the ghastly Keith Lemon show. Well, the only reason she's on it, actually, is because her husband, Dan, is the producer. That's the uh, that's the only reason. The only reason. Uh, Paul says you judge women by the size of their uh, earrings. You judge men by the lies that they tell. Yes, men are very good at telling fibs, aren't they? And uh, well, you have to. You have to tell fibs in this day and age. How are you feeling? I'm great. I want to tell everybody my illness. Thank you. Robin says it was Danny Kay. Nick says uh, Nick Nick oh, Nick Griffin. James Stewart says somebody. Honestly. I can't do anybody who who have uh, who have illnesses that they're being uh, treated medically for. Makes it easier. And even Mark knew as well that it was Danny Kay. And da, 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 da. on the subject of estate agents, uh, David says, yep, same happened to me. The idiots pretend there was no water in the property. Useless. Just remember, if you're paying money out to these people, you know, you're expecting something back. They're supposed to do something for it. They really are, but on many occasions they don't. So let that be a lesson to those people renting properties out. Uh, the Daily Mirror. I'm going to tell you about this story because if you're a council house tenant, this one could affect you. And it's uh, David Cameron, who they say is to strip council tenants of their right to a home for life. Householders will now be given contracts of up to five years and may face eviction when they expire. Oh, actually, talking of expiring... And talking of um, of things like that, you know I'm on a restricted driving licence because of diabetes. Uh, well, they it, it expires at the end of February. And uh, you have to fill in this long form. You know, have you had this? Have you had that? Uh, have you had your eyes tested recently? I mean, it's a fairly straightforward form and they can check with your doctor whether you're telling porky pies. But I don't need to tell porky pies. I've never had a hypo at the wheel. I don't have any problems like that. My eyesight is... Almost as good as it should be. I seem to pass with flying colours. And so I've just got my new licence back. So I'm now driving until 2019. Yeah, just got to live that long. That's the only problem, isn't it, nowadays? Can you live as long as the licence? It's the big question they're going to be asking me. And I'm hoping to... It'd be nice, actually, wouldn't it, to think I might actually live for another three years. What do we do? It'll freak my boss out. He's going to live for how long? Three three more years? What, Steve Allen? Oh, God, is he really? (laughs) Imagine. Three years' time, we're still sitting here. Bobby says you're very chirpy this morning. It's Friday. 
Friday. Friday makes me chirpy. Monday makes me chirpy because I've had the weekend to sort of sort of garner my thoughts. But Friday I love in particular. In fact, I sat in front of the television this morning having a shave. And, um, and I looked at my arm, and it's, it's looking an awful lot better. I put some, uh, some cream on. It is actually looking... It, seriously, I mean, it's, it's looking really good. I think by this time next year, or 2019, whichever comes sooner, uh, it should be completely healed. But don't forget you'll hear about it on LBC, because that's what we do. We're made up to be out of the jungle. The dreary old Georgie Porter, who couldn't have stood under the shower more. Vicky Pattinson, who they put in a, a sort of plaid dress to try and make it look as though she's wandered out of a Disney movie. And, uh, and Fern McCann, if only they could stop her foul language, it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? Uh, the world's oldest married couple, 90 years, a celebrity bake-off with Sam Cam and various other people. The airport bag bashers, apparently at Luton, they've been throwing your bags around. We'll tell you who and for why. The girlfriend of the gangster drug lord Paul Simmons-Turner comes face-to-face with a gunman. And uh, the prison toll of highs, legal drug lags are sick. Apparently they're taking drugs in prison, imagine. On Steve Allen, on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Friday. You cannot wipe the smile off anybody's face on a Friday. Although I notice, actually, Leicester Square a bit busy this morning. I'm assuming lots of parties as we head into the party season. It's only if you're in a little tiny village deep in the heart of Suffolk that there's no party season going on. The new surge in asylum seekers in the paper. The council house betrayal. Corbyn's plea for a callous fraudster to be bailed, if you please. The disabled police chief sacked after being filmed rowing a boat. Uh, the man aged 28 who suffers a heart attack. He drank eight cans of Red Bull. £800 for the no ticket for the commuter. Kate and Jerry McCann, what we most miss about Maddie and parents banned from filming the nativity in case they put it online. I thought we got over that one. I thought we got over the old nativity things. It's like taking photographs at swimming pools. You know, can we take a picture of of the kids at the pool? No, you can't. Why? Because you might take a picture of somebody else's children. And and that's not right. So now you can't do anything. We have a a little nursery in Twickenham. Well, it's quite a big nursery, actually. And uh, the funniest thing that they have, they've got like a train which goes along the pavement. It's sort of... And they're all sitting in there. They've all got their fluorescent high-vis jackets on. They're only little children. They're probably about two years old, if that. Two and three years old. And they all sit there. And if it's raining, they've got an awning over the top of it. (laughs) Seriously, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. They look so cute. They really look so cute. But the best thing is when they take them out for a walk in the afternoon, and there's about 20 of them, and they put, they're like yokes on them. So it go, they're, they're all attached by a chain to this uh, board down. So imagine a long stick with bits off to the side, and the kids are holding on to these things here. So they're all walking along all together. And it's, I mean, it's, it's great fun to watch, seriously. And I thought, oh, I'd love to take a picture of that and tweet it. And then I thought, oh, no, you can't take a picture of that, Steve. They're not your children. You can only take a picture of your own children. So in the nativity, you can only take a picture of your child, but you can't really put it up there in case somebody else's child manages to sort of squeeze in on the action. A bit embarrassing, isn't it, years ago? We never worried about this kind of thing. Now we've got to worry about it. Uh, Cheryl Whatsaface has branded Alan Sugar stupid for calling her too thin. Well, of course, like, he's, he's more intelligent than you, sweet cheeks. He really is. Um, the Apprentice star made the remark on Twitter... While watching, this is an old story. Why are the Mirror doing this today? Cheryl has insisted she wants to rise above his comments. She's a, she, I got nothing to say. A stupidity. How do you answer stupidity with intelligence? If I cared, I'd be bothered. Well, you quite clearly do, dear. You quite clearly do care, and that's why it's riled you. In October, he blasted Adam Woodyatt for being too fat. 
But everybody's got an opinion. Who gives a flying forex whether Cheryl Cole is stick thin or whether she's as fat as a whale? I couldn't care less. But, uh, you know, if it annoys her, then we'll carry on doing it. You know, perhaps she is too thin. Way too thin. You know, she's 32. And this is... Put this way, she looks thin in the photographs, which means in real life she looks even worse. Speaking about the uh, the new additions to the panel, like she knows anything about music, she says, uh, Rita Ora, Nick uh, Grimshaw, there's definitely been a good chemistry. Really? If only it was apparent on the television, love. If only apparent on the television. But, um... Speaking about her finalists, she said, I want them all to be around all the time. It's infectious. You can't help but smile. I know. And, of course, you can't hair but help but sort of stick your fake hair on your head as well. Uh, she also said she'd like to uh, feature on the group's future singles. Oh, right, you think it's going beyond one. How funny. How, fu- how we laughed. How we, how we laughed, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to have more than one single, are they? Not if the wives have got anything to do with it. They'll be fighting every which way. Oh, goodness me. Dreadful. Out comes Muhammad Ali, who has slapped down Donald Trump. Muhammad Ali, I don't know what he's... He's very ill, isn't he? He's 73. But uh, anyway, Trump says those signing it don't know what they're getting into and accused Britain of uh, trying hard to disguise the massive Muslim problem. Well, I mean, it has to be said that, I mean, I suppose in certain parts of the country... Which police officer phoned LBC the other day? There was somebody who said he's quite right on this. We've got these cases going on all over the uh, the country with all sorts of things taking place, which are not very pleasant. And then over on Alan Carr's chatty man, hilarious. Hilarious, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Alan Carr, who can't get guests for love nor money. Uh, the only one who was remotely interested in the old trout, Colin Campbell, was him. So he announces she's coming out. Half the audience get up and walk out the studio. <laughs> they had to fill it up, apparently. I mean, can you believe it? I, I've never heard of an audience leaving a studio before. That must be a first. They decided they didn't like her. She's a horrible bully. Shouldn't be put on television. And people fawning all over her because uh, she's diddly squat. She's got no money. She's, she's poor. Poor as a church mouse. She hasn't got the proverbial two in, as they say. And uh, so they, they had a butler serving her. Like she knows anything about butlers. She didn't know anything about that at all. Never had a butler in her life. And she's an old hag of a woman. Uh, her son's Dimmer, very aptly named. The other one, very wisely, decided to stay well out of it. And so uh, she goes on to the programme and the audience leave. They had to fill it up, apparently, with sort of crew and everybody else, just to make it look as though people were interested in her, which they're not. You know, how, how do you disguise bullying? By putting somebody on the television? I don't think so. I don't think so. You can't, you can't put it... Did you know that there's a Sillit Bang advert that's been banned? Can you believe it? A Sillit Bang advert. Why has it been banned? Why do you think a Sillit Bang advert has been banned? Because it features 32 women doing housework, but no men. And we've really come to that, have we, in this day and age? We've really got to that stage. Apparently, uh, the actresses were filmed looking happy as they sprayed and wiped in their bathrooms and kitchens. A final shot with all of them grinning featured the line, Try it and you'll be convinced. This is in Spain. In Spain, we're a bit more intelligent over here. Spain's advertising watchdog took action over the ad for the product, which is made in Slough, after a flood of complaints from women. They said it reinforced the idea that housework was a woman's task. Well, it is. You don't seriously think men have got the intelligence to do housework, do you? Good grief, I know people don't even know how to turn the hoover on. Ridiculous. A Spanish consumers group said, we We appeal to advertisers and the media to put a stop to sexist stereotypes. But in Spain, I would assume that, you know, unless the men are slightly whoopsy and left of centre, they're not going to be doing any cleaning. Manuel, you come and clean, please, for me. You've cleaned for me. Hola. Come. Manuel, please come clean for me. 
They don't do, men don't do cleaning in Spain. I would have thought, actually, if anything, it would have been in this country. Where, you know, there are loads of men who do the cleaning, but I think it's... A, I mean, does it make any difference? Listen, if the women who made the advert aren't bothered about being portrayed as somebody who does the cleaning, why would anybody else be bothered? It's always other people who stick their big fat beaks in, isn't it? They stick their big notes and you think, well, go and listen to something else. Go watch something else. So women do the housework. Well, whoopee-doo. You know, you be telling me next, men do the ironing. I do have a friend of mine who does ironing. I said to him, I mean, I don't do ironing. I can't iron. No point in, in, in attempting to do something you're not going to be very good at. So I, I pay somebody to do it. You know, that's that's the state I've got to in my life. So much easier. And uh, 84850-stevenlbc.co.uk. I have to try and put everything in on the programme for this morning. I don't like to miss anything out, actually. I don't like to sort of, you know, I sort of feel, especially at ten past five in the morning, if you're not feeling particularly sparkly today, and maybe you're not looking forward to the weekend, and you're not looking forward to going out there, doing the shopping and trying to get presents and last-minute things, and have you ordered the turkey for Christmas, and then have you remembered all the things that go round it? Have you been to the greengrocer and tried to source sprouts? Because come, come like the mid-sort of December, and we're practically into mid-December now, aren't we? You know, they are going to run out of things, and people are going to go, I'm doing Christmas dinner. I've got a parsnips. Like it was the end of the world. What are we going to do? You know, there's no roast potatoes available in the shops. Well, buy it and freeze it. And that way you'll always have it. Or failing that, if you manage to grow it, even better. Doesn't make any difference, does it? Goodness sake, honestly, I don't know. Really. Uh, With Danny Kay, says uh, says Sue, we ended up together in the lobby of the Stanford Court Hotel on Nob Hill. If you only go round once in life, that'll just do me fine, thank you. Danny Kay. I've got him on uh, YouTube. Playing the London Palladium. He comes over and plays the London Palladium. Oh, it was magical. Magical. When you get a big Hollywood star who comes over and you think, oh, oh God, she... Anita Rani. This is the one who shouts at people on four rooms. She's, um, she's gone from tomboy to strictly showgirl. No, you've gone from tomboy to... Tomboy just looked like a slightly butcher version of the person who went in there. She's not very good. On four rooms, she's, she's dreadful as a presenter. And uh, I think what they do is, that you know, the, the people sort of use her. She did a racy routine, but, you know, for, for what purpose, dear? I mean, either you want to be taken seriously as a reporter, or you're kind of a jack of all trades, or you're just jack. Oh, dear. Um, there's an old-age pensioner who survived. He, he had one of those gaslighter refills. Have you seen them? The ones that can do multi, multi-fueling on things. And uh, this is Charles Mann. He's 82 uh, the lighter refill canister caught light and exploded. His hair was on fire, otherwise he was unscathed. His home in Walton on the Nays will be rebuilt. And uh, he was very lucky. <laughs> Son John, who rushed from his nearby home when he heard the blast, said, Through the hole I could see Dad in his armchair with his hair on fire. A neighbour was patting his head to put out the flames. He was amazingly lucky. I've never heard of that. I mean, what's he doing lighting it at the same time? You know, when you have these sort of these uh, these sort of gas canisters, very dangerous things, very very dangerous things. Oh look, here's uh, here's Justin Bieber with half his clothes on. He's wearing sort of shorts to go swimming with his pants on underneath. He's a slightly odd child, he really is. And um, little Minx, apparently, saucy Leanne Pinnock flashed her bum on the red carpet as they moaned about being chilly. Right, don't worry, darling. It's nobody's going to be noticing anytime soon. Actually, I've got a great story about bottoms. In the uh, Tina Fey interview. A great story about bottoms. You'll have to wait till the programme. Let me save that one back. I think it's worth, worth saving. No, it's worth saving, actually. It's worth saving. Uh, it's a story about her in a, in a London restaurant. And so we talk about that. And you'll hear it on Sunday. Because Tina Fey is going to be in. New film Sisters released this weekend. I think it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, the 12th. It is released. Go see 
It's, you'll you'll like it a lot. You'll like it a lot. It's very funny. Very, very funny. Very clever lady. Very clever. And we had a good time yesterday. And Eddie the Eagle Edwards. Whee! He's going to be with me as well. And clips at half past five this morning of both those guests. Quarter past five. I was intrigued how it's always the poorest people. I told you there was a girl who got on the bus a short while ago in Richmond and she went to sit down with her child. And the driver went, excuse me, she says I haven't got any money. So some other bloke on the bus paid for it. She's only a young girl. And yet she then produces a telephone. And sits there sort of tapping out things. I think, I'll tell you what, darling, why don't you get rid of the telephone? Then you can afford to pay your way in life. Anyway, you've had the storms. Cumbria's had more rain than they know what to do with. They're fed up with it. And now they've said minus eight degrees centigrade Arctic blast will bring snow. Not to us in London. We're always the last people to get it. But I suspect by the time we get to uh, the 25th, certainly up in Scotland and uh, parts of Wales as well, uh, it is possible to get it. And in some of those outreach places, they just get used to it every year, don't they? The Scottish Environment Protection Agency has three alerts and 11 flood warnings in places across the region. So, it's, I mean, much as though we all down south go, oh, wouldn't it be lovely? Wouldn't it be lovely? And then you think, oh, actually, once we've seen it and it turns to slush, we've kind of gone off the idea, haven't we? Uh, they had the, um, the premiere last night out in uh, Leicester Square. The good and the great were out there, which was fantastic. In fact, including my, my guest for today, who is, uh, who is Mr Roth as well, who's starring in, uh, in this latest movie. So we had the premiere out there yesterday, and it was lovely. The Hateful Eight riding into town. Quentin Tarantino was there. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Tim Roth and Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's unrecognisable in this film. I can't tell you anything about it, but the music's by Ennio Morricone. And uh, I have seen the film. I shall be talking to Tim Roth later on today. He's, uh, then he's off on a, a flight somewhere. So he's in for me for, uh, for about quarter to 11. And, uh, and then he's uh, shooting off at 11.30. So in the building, interview, whoosh, out the door, uh, off to aeroplane. Very, very busy boy. Very busy boy. And he's got another film coming out in February which we'll tell you more about during the interview. Uh, still to come this morning, just after half past, we've got a couple of clips from this weekend's In Conversation. It's the fabulous Tina Fey, huge star, and Eddie the Eagle Edwards. They've got a, another series of Jump. You remember that was another one that uh, poor old Gemma Collins couldn't quite manage. In fact, actually, she's not actually managed anything, has she? She hasn't managed to keep a boyfriend. She hasn't managed to complete a task in a programme. Splash she was rubbish in. The Jump she was rubbish. She's been rubbish in everything. I'm a celebrity, she's been rubbish. Why don't we just get rid of her? You know, there's no point in keeping her around. She can't do anything. Uh, where is the Brussels capital of the country? This is Brussels sprouts, by the way. Where is the capital of the country? Come on, think about it. Spalding in Lincolnshire? Barnsley, ladies and gentlemen. Who comes from Barnsley? Michael Parkinson. Apparently, folks to the South Yorkshire town cannot get enough of the vegetables. They eat 1.4 million of them so far this year. I mean, that is pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good. Not half as good as Tony and Leighton Buzzard, who says, I'm a Yorkshireman, Steve. Aye. Never done any housework in my life. I married my wife because she had small feet. That way she could get closer to the sink. It's a good old Yorkshireman joke, that one, isn't it? So she can get closer to the sink. This is after the, um, the, the poor people of Spain decided to complain about a Sillit Bang advert, which had women doing housework. Apparently in Spain, men do housework. <laughs> Out of all the places I've been to, the one place you don't see men doing housework is Spain. I've been to hotels in Spain. Ever seen men doing the house? Never, never. Always the women. Always the women. I don't know why they always think that it, it sort of goes the other. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous, but they, they've had the, the advert taken off. God, do you want to see some of the stuff? Uh, Steve, I'm in Manila. 
He could be, he could be in vanilla, actually. It says, uh, uh, you must do an in-conversation with poor Spagbol. I couldn't, actually. You know why? Because our chairs in the studio have got holes in. And I'm slightly worried she might fall through the holes. You might have to keep rescuing her and superglue her into the seat. I think it's unlikely she'd actually make... And also, what could she talk about? I do a 22-minute interview programme. What on earth would she talk about? Uh, way A, because I'm worth it. Yeah, so tell me about the X Factor. Way A, because I'm worth it. Yeah, and, you, and your singing career? Way A, because I'm worth it. OK. And uh, are you enjoying your life at the moment? Way A, because I'm worth it. <laughs> Could be quite a tedious interview. You have to agree, ladies and gentlemen. I jest, of course. I jest, of course. Um, I like the idea that Christmas Angels are operating, and they are in Leamington Spa. They've got four girls to dress up with gossamer wings and white tops. What they do is they feed metres and blow their horn if they see a traffic warden. They're there to direct people. Metre over here, thank you. Hark the herald angels sing. I'll put the money in for you. And it's all done by the town's businesses. They said they wanted to add a bit of cheer. I think that's a good idea, actually. Of course, the uh, the county council said it welcomed initiatives to bring in shoppers, but uh, said that offenders would still face fines because they're like that. They're little little Mister Miseries up there. Oh blimey! Don't live in don't live in Leamington Spa. Oh, well, helping people out, feeding the meters, and warning people of the traffic wardens. That's not on, is it? That's not on at all. I think the wife got caught the other day. Might as well have just overlooked that one. Terrible. Mind you, over in Twickenham, we're doing well now that our Christmas tree has garnered about 10,000 lights. I mean, we are we are seriously a contender for using the most electricity in the borough. It looks fantastic. Fantastic. I don't like to imagine what Stuart and Sandy's uh, bill is for all the electricity that he uses for his penguins and his, his, um, his sort of curtain of lights and stuff like that. It's still good, though. Still good. I did laugh yesterday because I got... Um, a text from Phil Vickery after the programme says, I was chucking away this morning. I got quite hurt by that. And then he wrote another one going, sorry, chuckling. I was chucking away this one. Lit- oh, was that, did I mention Phil Vickery is my new bestest friend in the whole wide world? Did I mention that? No, you're not texting Phil Vickery. He doesn't know you. You're not allowed to text Phil Vickery. He doesn't know you. Oh, what was that? Is there somebody in here? Hello? Is there anybody there? Well, it could be Derek Acora. Perhaps we could get him in. Perhaps he could contact some people for in conversation. Perhaps we could have Marilyn Monroe on for this weekend. Well, don't write to Phil Vickery. You're not allowed to. He's my friend. Ridiculous. Now, producers trying to muscle in on my showbiz friends. You've only got that because you're connected on to me. That's all it is, isn't it? You're just latching on. Outrageous. How can you do that to me? I'm so hurt. Honestly, I've got celebrity friends, ladies and gentlemen. You know, like Princess Anne and people like that. And, and people just try and take them away from me. People try and take them away, and I'm not happy about it. Uh, There's a worker addicted to Red Bull. Luckily, I've never been addicted to Red Bull. It's obviously some continental kind of thing. Uh, He he had a heart attack. He downed two litres of it. Well, kind of more fool him, I suppose. Martin Bowling, who was spending 75 quid a week on it, was resuscitated by a fellow drinker. Uh, insurance worker Mark, who relied on the drink to see him through gruelling 60-hour week shifts, says, I feel lucky. I'll try going to bed earlier, dear. I never understand why people, they go, oh, I've actually got to be, uh, you know, on Red Bull because I'm doing a 60-hour shift. How they think nurses cope, I've got no idea. But I suspect he's burning his little candle both ends. That was another thing that uh, infuriated Duncan Bannatyne. Lady uh, Colin Campbell, she ain't no lady, um, was the one complaining about, you know, the size of his manhood on television. She's really low rent, isn't she? 
Anything anything less classy you'd be hard pushed to find. Perhaps you'd be better off on Geordie Shaw. It's worth thinking about, isn't it, really? Perhaps we could shove her up there. Uh, what else do we have today in the paper? Oh, a three-year-old's puppy has been snatched by a, by a thief. Uh, this is uh, a puppy. Bought to help a little three-year-old boy recover from a heart attack. And uh, the devastated youngster's older brother was outside a Lidl store when a stranger asked to stroke the Yorkshire Terrier. Trusting Nico agreed, but after he handed Jesse over, the crook ran away with the dog. That's awful, isn't it? Uh, I hope they, they find them. Police are investigating. The suspect described as white, short brown hair, 15 to 20. Uh, there's a cash fund for getting the, the dog back again. Let's find this tea leaf, shall we? Dreadful. Where is this? This is in New Addington in South London. Shouldn't be too difficult to find. They're, uh, they're very much CCTV'd up. The police will have a picture. It'll be somebody with, uh, with criminal past. You can, just, uh, you can just tell, can't you? Awful, awful people. Who could steal something like that? I was sold the wrong lotto ticket, but it won me a million, says a lorry driver. This is Stuart Powell. He was fuming at a shop assistant after he asked for numbers for Friday's Euro Millions and was given Tuesdays, but his anger turned to joy when he scooped a million on the UK millionaire maker draw. The 50-year-old said, I thought I'd bought a lucky dip for Friday, but the lady in the shop got her dates mixed up. I'm so glad she did. I was really annoyed. I wanted to have a go on the £119 million Euro Millions rollover. Is it really £119 million? Oh, God, that would change Christmas this year. Just think how much happiness you could bring to people. We could put Gemma Collins on a forced diet. We could sort of make Spagbol eat more, like kebabs and stuff like that, because she must have brought up, been brought up eating kebabs and stuff like that. But uh, having a million pounds is very nice. A million pounds for Christmas. There is a couple in the paper today. Uh, one couple is spending zero on Christmas, and one woman is spending £18,000 on Christmas. £18,000. And you think to yourself, I don't care. I would Years ago, I might have been critical, saying it's absolutely outrageous that people would sort of spend that much. But then when you think about it, it's their money. If I want to go out and spend, you know... 60,000 quid on Christmas. That's, uh, that, that's my, my business, isn't it? If I, if I was actually able to do that. Um, Stuart at Sandy's. Can I say this? Can I say this, Stuart? No, not you. I'm not talking to you. You're writing to Phil Vickery, my friend. I'm writing, I've written to Phil anyway, saying, ignore the producer. He's just trying to muscle in on my friendship. Ridiculous, honestly. You'll be writing to some of my other celebrity contacts, won't you, in here? I've got loads of celebrity numbers. They give me their numbers. They always phone me up, actually. Mainly radio presenters, it has to be said. But uh, this one here, Stuart says, my electricity bill is 1,800 quid a month. He said, so a few, a few extra lights don't make a dent. 1,800 a month, good God. <laughs> Mind you, he has got a lot of lights on, and they are open long hours. And he has got three super-sized penguins sitting outside the shop at the moment. Bless his heart. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Apparently the campaign to keep Donald Trump out of the company hits half a million. I don't believe it, actually. I believe that most of them are just people going, oh, I'll tick the box anyway. Uh, who, who is he? Donald Trump. Man with a dead hamster on his head. You can't miss him. He's uh, the man being savaged by an eagle uh, and all the news bulletins at the moment. Who's this on the front of FHM? What old tart have we found today? Oh, look, it's Binky Felsted. God, I bet you. Bink. Sorry? Oh, yes, clips. Uh, Binky Felsted is here. Binks to her friends. Her parents must be delighted. That's our daughter, wearing hardly anything. Uh, the Chelsea Beauty, 25. God, they must be building a shelf for you, love, to sit on. Sizzles in her lacy knickers. She tells the magazine, uh, I like to think I'm building a little empire. 
Really? I thought it was cellulite, actually, dear. I was looking closely. She said, it's all about making the most of this opportunity uh, while it lasts. I'm buying property now. These are exciting times. I know. I still think your parents must be deeply embarrassed. You know, they go, oh, there she is. That's our daughter. We paid for a really good education. And she's ended up just sitting there in bra and pants. Very worrying. 24 minutes to 6. Every Sunday... Between 5 and 6, repeated between 9 and 10 at night, it's In Conversation. Two well-known names come into the LBC studio and we talk about their films, their plays, their books, their music, uh, their life in general. And uh, we get better and better names. My first guest this week, a TV personality, a commentator, author, former winner of Splash, but you know him best as Britain's first ever Olympic ski jumper. It is, of course, Eddie the Eagle Edwards. Looking back on his journey to the 1988 Winter Olympics, I asked if he ever, if he ever thought there was a chance he could win a medal. Yeah, I mean, I knew that I was going to come last because yeah. everybody else there had been jumping for 20 years yes, and I've been jumping for 20 months. So, uh, yes, But for were. me, getting to those Olympic Games was my gold medal. The fact that I got there against all the odds, yeah. um, I managed to get there and, uh, and be Britain's first ever Olympic <laughs> ski jumper. What was, what, was the, what was the time that you realised when they started asking you for interviews and they put all the slogans up about you and everything else? Um, I got a little bit at Calgary, but it wasn't until I flew home and I was at the at Heathrow Airport and I had about 30 policemen come up to me. I thought I was in trouble. I thought, oh, they found <laughs> drugs in you my... You were. <laughs> <laughs> were yeah. And they said, oh, no, we're here to help you through the airport. And uh, I didn't know what they meant. And they surrounded me. And they said, you've got to keep moving. And we went through uh, customs and all that kind of thing, came into the airport. And there's about 10,000 people there. And <gasps> fights were breaking out and things. They were all shouting, Eddie, Eddie, and all this sort of thing. It was pandemonium. Wow. Yeah. And, it was, and then I thought, oh, my word. What's happening? Did you have people meeting you? Yes, yes. Uh, I employed a manager. I was advised to employ a manager over the phone while I was in Calgary and I met, met him at the airport yeah. and I was whisked off to London. We did the Wogan show. Do you remember the Wogan yes, show? Course, Every yes. night there was one. Yes. Uh, and I did a couple of the Wogan shows and things. Then we were whisked off to a studio and I, I learned to sing Fly Eddie Fly. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, so Dizzy Heights, Dizzy Heights. Did you open supermarkets? Oh things? yes, did all that. Opening shopping centres and supermarkets and phone rides and hotels and all that kind of thing. And my feet didn't touch the ground for about three years. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Eddie the Eagle Edwards. I was telling Tom Cheel the other day, he said, have you got this weekend? I said, we've got Tina Fey and Eddie the Eagle Edwards. He said, they couldn't be more diverse, could they? I said, no, you're absolutely right. Because my second guest is a huge, huge star in America and across the world. A multi, a multi-award winning comedian, screenwriter, actor, author and creator of not one but two hit TV shows. The delightful... Tina Fey, in to talk about her new film Sisters, in which she stars alongside her long-term friend, co-star and writing partner, Amy Poehler, as sisters returning to their childhood home for one last party before it's sold. Having worked together so often, I asked whether her and Amy were on the same wavelength. I think we are. I think we've known each other so long and we've performed in so many different settings together that we do have a real shorthand that uh, that makes it easier to make a movie because you, when you normally you make a movie you spend the first six weeks trying to figure out how your co-star likes to work and <laughs> do they like you at all or do they, is it tense or you know and um to just have that removed it just you just can hit the ground running so much more easily i was watching you dancing in it and <laughs> at one point you look at her and i, and I get this feeling you're going 
we really like each other. Aren't we lucky? <laughs> we like each other and we can earn money and it's great fun it's and we make people scam. laugh. Yeah, it's a good scam. And we had so it's many friends in that movie because there's so many people in the ensemble that we've known forever. Mm. Maya Rudolph and Rachel Dratch and all these people from Saturday Night Live. And so it really was like a paid camp reunion. It was delightful. I think it's always good to work with people you know because they know what you're like. Nobody's going to step on your toes. Yep. Except the odd thing for me was two people sitting in a bath together. <laughs> now, apparently, sisters do this. Brothers do it, but you stop when you get to about 12. <laughs> I don't think you do it any further. The, the thing for you is you don't have a sister. Yeah, I don't have a sister in real life, and neither does yeah. Amy. We both have brothers. <laughs> and so we would ask Paula Pell, the woman who wrote the script, and we'd say, do you think, would, we would say, like, would sisters, would we get in the bath together? And she's like, oh, yeah, fine. Yes. But, you know. Yes. Um, and yeah, I think it was meant, you know, there used to be a line in the early draft of the script that I sort of miss where we would get, we were in the bathtub and we'd say, this bathtub feels so tiny now. Like, I can't believe we used to do shows in here because I have two daughters and it is like they, they're in the bathtub together and it seems like the size of an Olympic swimming pool when you're small and you just like swim laps around each other in a bathtub. How old are your girls? 10 and four. Oh, wow. Nice, nice, a gap. What a big gap? gap. Yeah. That was the gap with 30 Rock. The right. Series. <laughs> Excellent. More from uh, from Tina Fey this weekend for In Conversation. So Eddie the Eagle Edwards and Tina Fey. I mean, you know, it doesn't get any better, does it? It really doesn't. Tim, you're just checking that faders down, aren't you? I just thought we had this terrible thought that maybe, but uh, it's it's a super interview. So between five and six a.m. on Sunday morning, repeated between nine and ten in the evening. Um, neither of them were filmed. Neither of them were filmed, I can tell you that. Uh, Eddie, because he was in very early in the morning, 7 o'clock, and we were in this studio. And uh, the, the filming facilities in here are not as good as the other one. And the other one, because we couldn't, we couldn't film. Um, and I can't remember what the reason why we didn't film it. Anyway, we didn't film it. So, uh, so that was that. But uh, the, the interviews are well worth getting. And then you can download them as well, which is excellent. Paul says, no point to an advert for cleaning products showing 10 guys sitting on the sofa with a games controller in their hands. Yes, I mean, I don't quite understand. Perhaps they're a bit hot on this. This is the story of Silip Bang, incidentally, in Spain, where they managed to get it taken off the television because women's groups complained that it showed women, you know, in a poor light because they were the only ones doing the house cleaning, the house cleaning for, with Silip Bang. And they said it was sexist. Whereas, in fact, I, I couldn't quite see that. I mean, I thought in Spain, most women do do that. They do the cooking, they do the cleaning, unless it's two gay guys together in Spain. But, I mean, being Spanish, I shouldn't imagine that would ever happen in a million years, ladies and gentlemen. Listening in Heathrow, says Daniel and Esther, waiting for our flight to sunny Tanzania for the holiday. Oh, blimey, can you be back? In- oh, actually, you'll be back in time for Christmas. Only going away for 10 days, aren't you? Something like that. It takes you up to the 21st, which is not bad. Not bad. Little pre- pre-Christmas holiday. And uh, a lady in Stanmore, Regina, says, my husband's always done the ironing. What's wrong with that? Slightly old, isn't it? Does he wear your high heels as well at the same time? Men doing ironing. Men don't do ironing. They don't do it. They're not supposed to. Not supposed to. <laughs> uh, see, Steve, I've seen a supposedly homeless woman sitting outside Tesco in Crouch End begging for money, but it's got a mobile phone. We were in... <laughs> I told this story ages ago. We were going off to Winter Wonderland about three years ago. We parked in Mayfair. And a lady comes in and she plugs her mobile phone in. They've got all these chargers all over the place. And, and then she walks out the door again. So we're sitting in the window and we're watching her. She goes and sits outside the local corner shop. She she sits down. She puts a blanket over in it. She's charging her mobile phone up. I nearly pinched it, actually. I nearly pinched it. Nearly, but I, I decided not to. Got my seat booked on the couch for the brilliant Tim Roth tonight. What's he on? Which, which shows is he doing? You need to tell me. I need to catch up with these things. But he's doing me today. 
And, uh, Steve, I'm still wondering if you and your friend Chris M will ever do a show together. Um, we haven't got round to it yet. Every time I go and try and have a sensible chat with him, because he's a big fan of Tina Fey. So I went to see him yesterday, and he always does the same thing. I, op- I open the door to his studio, and he immediately goes, Steve Allen's in the room. So, of course, I back off out again, which is um, <laughs> a bit of a pain. So I don't know. It'll probably happen at some point. Probably happen. Uh, Paul says, oh, no, snow in Scotland. We cope better with snow up here because the uh, the people go out uh, on the pavements. Thank you. Jason is leaving Muswell Hill en route to Stratford. Morning, lovelies. Have a great weekend. I hope it's going to be a good weekend. Donald uh, Trump's hair is real. Um, yes, I mean, I, I it, it's a comb over, isn't it? It's a, somebody said to me the other day it was a toupee. I didn't believe it was a it was a toupee. Malcolm says on the ads for the cordless vacuum cleaners, it's mostly men doing the cleaning. Is that sexist? It's not sexist if men do it, is it? I, I, well, I didn't think it was. Anyway, I could be wrong. There's a lady who bites into a Marks and Spencer's meal the other day. And I can't remember what it is she buys. I have got the story written down somewhere. And she suddenly goes, ugh, ugh. And she moves a piece of pastry to one side. There's a snail in there. There's a snail in there. <laughs> and somebody said, they, they gave her a £15 voucher in the shop. She bought it in one of these uh, <coughs> garages that has an M&S attached. And she went, ah! And they went, in France, you pay a lot of money for that. Which, of course, they were quite right about. You probably would pay a lot of money. Uh, listening in uh, Helsinki, says Stuart. Usually in Camberley, but obviously on a on a sort of some sort of checking system. And um, if you interviewed our shell... You could ask her about the time she went to a nightclub. Yes, I remember that very well, actually. I remember... In fact, I remember everything about everything. Everything. There is nothing I do not remember. Sometimes I'll be in the middle of an interview and I'll remember a story. And it just... It just drops into your mind. Don't ask me where they come from. I've got no idea. Sometimes I sit there and I can't even remember who I am. Somebody says, what's your car number plate? I can't remember. You know, have you done this? Have you done that? I can't remember. I've got no idea at all. Uh, Re Lady C says, uh, says, sh- we've got to take a br- We've done the break, haven't we? Have we done the break? No, we must do the break. It's here now. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to six. Shaz thinks, uh, she says, personally on Lady C, I think she was controversial, outspoken and opinionated. A bit like you are every day. I'm not outspoken at all. About what? What have I been outspoken about? No, I'm always factually correct. I'm always factually correct. Uh, I think, having read the rest of your email, Shaz, I suspect you've got quite a lot of chips on your shoulder, so I'm not going to read the rest of it out. But, uh, no, I don't think I'm outspoken and opinionated at all. Everybody's got an opinion. You'd have to be a bit stupid if you didn't have an opinion. Yours is, involves, you know, a few other deeper issues, I suspect. Um, da, 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 da. Every time I turn on the television, says Brian, there's an advert for charity asking for money for Christmas, but a set amount. Yes, I, I think they did that years ago. But actually, that's nothing new, because if you remember, over in Covent Garden, I watched somebody doing an act there about, about two years ago. And he said at the end, he said, listen, you know, I'm going to, you know, come and around you with a hat. Please put some money in. Do not insult me by putting in any bronze colour money. I thought, well, that, that excludes the pound coin I was going to drop in there. And he was specifically asking for sort of for big denominations. He was he was looking for fivers, really. That's what he was looking for. Uh, because those performers in Covent Garden can make a lot of money. Can make a lot of money. What they should really employ, though, they should have a bottler who goes around collecting money while they're doing it. It's no good leaving it to the end. People drift away by that time. But uh, it, it's very, uh, very, very popular. Very popular. And you're always going to get... You're always going to get uh, people at Christmas time because it's Christmas. 
And at Christmas, we're supposed to think about other people. That's that's why, actually. That's why. And um, uh, prepare accordingly for Christmas in advance, says Hardeep. Yes, Christmas day. Normally, normal days, normal days, everything normal, except Christmas Day when I'm here between 7 and 10. And that's why, hopefully, we can sort out your uh, your Christmas woes. And there will be woes. There will be serious woes on Christmas Day. You'll either have forgotten to defrost the turkey... You'll have forgotten to invite people. The electricity will fail. Uh, your sprouts have given up. Nobody wants carrots. And the Christmas pudding's died completely. There's always going to be problems, aren't there? And, uh, and then they go, I'm isolated. I'm in Scotland, Steve. The snow has come down. I've got a huge turkey here and nobody can get to me. And, and then people go, right, I've got the turkey. Got... Oh, I forgot the gravy. You know, you've got to do a checklist beforehand. It's the only time of year <coughs> excuse me, where you need to do a checklist. So, turkey, have you ordered it? I only say this, you don't want to be caught out disappointing and rushing around Christmas Eve, because people will, people drag anything off the shelves. I've seen them doing it in Marks and Spencers. They get to Marks and Spencers, they go, right, we've got to be, oh, God, they've got no turkey left, uh, no no stuffing, <coughs> no sausages. And so they go, let's get pizza. And uh, literally, the, the shelves will be stripped bare come Christmas Eve. So the advice is, do it do it today, please. Makes it so much, let me just have a quick slurp of... Uh, a little tickle in the, <coughs> the back of the throat. So make sure that you get the stuffing. You know, all these things you can freeze. You can go and buy your pigs in blankets now and you can freeze them. So at least you've got them and then it's... And do a checklist. Do a checklist. So you've got the sprouts, you've got the carrots, you've got the parsnips. OK, you're doing honey parsnips. How are you doing it? Have you got gravy? You can buy the gravy, freeze the gravy, or you can make your own gravy. Just make sure you've got everything. It's not difficult. If you pre-plan... It's uh, it's so much easier. <coughs> Dear, very annoying. Noreen says, odd you mentioned Silit Bang. I rang them yesterday as we buy one of their products and we can't open it. We've tried several times. I rang an arse and she said, the secret is I should just send vouchers. Which <laughs> doesn't really solve the problem. I've had that with things before. I can't open certain things. And I, and I look at it and I think, oh, it can't be complicated, Stephen. For goodness sake, look at it logically. And eventually I can always solve things. Uh, hope the weather improves all over the country. Scary oop north, says Noreen. It is, isn't it? I was going to bring you the, <coughs> the weather for today. Sorry about that. I've got something stuck in the back of my throat at the moment. I suspect it's half a tangerine, which I had earlier on, which is very annoying. I shouldn't have actually done it. Uh, a lot of you pointing out that a lot of the, uh, the vacuum ads on the television are with men pushing the vacuum around. Yeah, but we're not complaining about being sexist, are we, really? And... Da, 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 da. Um, another one here. It says, I can never imagine you, this is Kevin the Milkman, going within 100 yards of that uh, particular studio. Oh, yes, I mean, I, I st- <laughs> they've got big glass windows. You cannot miss it. You cannot miss it. And uh, Anne says, men do the ironing in laundrettes. Is it a woman who does yours? No. No. It's a man who does my ironing. It's a man, because he owns the uh, the dry cleaners. So it's a man who does the ironing. I mean, you wouldn't catch... I don't even possess an iron or an ironing board. I have nothing like that at all. Absolutely nothing like that. And wouldn't even think about it. Wouldn't even think about it. It doesn't, uh, doesn't interest me in the slightest. I can iron. I'm just not bothered about doing it. It's <laughs> just not. Don't care. Uh, Christmas. Forgot to invite certain people. That would be a mistake. It's fun not to have couch potatoes. I don't know how many people you actually are expected to have... Um, you know, around the around the table for Christmas. I, I mean, I I really don't know. I really don't know how many people would be nice. No good sitting there just sort of one. Is it one person 
sitting there around the table at Christmas. It's got to be, you know, you need, I think, actually, we're, we're not doing too bad this year. I had 21 the other Sunday, 21 people around the table, which is great. Uh, tomorrow, there'll be uh, only four of us uh, for dinner, so that's OK. And then on Sunday, I think there'll be about five or six of us. So, and then next week, we'll worry about next week when we get to next week. Weather for today, let me tell you, because it's the start of your weekend weather. A uh, lot of cloud, outbreaks of mostly light rain. Uh, brighter later, high nine degrees, so it's definitely getting chillier. A little bit colder. Tonight, dry with clear intervals through the evening. Turning chilly in places as the winds ease. Later in the night, the cloud will increase from the southwest. Lows of six degrees centigrade. Lady wrote to me the other day and she said, Steve, I went to Winter Wonderland and I had one of those sausages with cheese in, the Kaserwurst. And uh, they're doing them differently now. They used to do them with the cheese impregnated. Now it appears to be put in by something. So it, it's sort of, it's, it is that they do it in um, Kingston Marketplace. And uh, I can eat two. But they're boiling hot. You've got to be so careful because the cheese can take the roof of your mouth off. But they're delicious. And she said she had it in a bun with onions. Well, I've never had it with onions. I have to be honest. I didn't know it was served with onions. But it sounds absolutely delicious. Anything, anything involves food at this time of the morning, anything that talks about party-type food, I'm, I'm there for. You don't need to hold me back on it. Um, the man in the paper... Oh, it's a picture of... Do you know, I'm looking at a picture of Kelly Brook. She's airbrushed within an inch of her life. It's just as long as she doesn't open her mouth and talk, we're all fine. And uh, she's dating a French martial arts instructor. She's 36, but she's unrecognisable. If somebody showed you this picture of her and went, who would that be? You wouldn't know who it was. And no doubt you're going to be inundated with pictures of, of Kelly Brook in the uh, papers leading up to Christmas. She's probably got a calendar out and there'll probably be a fitness DVD or something like that. The girlfriend of uh, gangster Paul Simmons-Turner was left standing eye to eye with the masked hitman who gunned him down. The 25-year-old, who we're not uh, naming for fear of reprisals, they've just got a picture of her standing there. I mean, she can't be that difficult to find, goodness sake. How many people do you know walking around in a nighty? Uh, a friend of Simmons-Turner said the gunman suddenly appeared... They got to Paul, who bolted off in one direction, leaving his girlfriend alone. The next moment, she fled back into the hotel lobby, screaming. He'd been uh, shot twice, uh, tried to escape by clambering into an elderly couple's car, where he was shot a third time. Died on Tuesday. But, as I said before, this is... He's, he's a known gangster. He's a drug dealer. What do these people expect? I mean, surely she can't be that dim. She must know. They've been seeing each other for around a year. And she'd been jetting out to see him. Doesn't say what she does for a living. But uh, she suns herself. She comes from Essex. She'd done lots of snaps online and she just sunned herself, sipped cocktails and dined in a tapas bar. So uh, very interesting. Uh, the Sun told yesterday how Simmons Turner hung out at the same clubs as uh, TOWIE star uh, James Arge Argent. You remember, he had slight problems with little Colombian stuff. Uh, they said he was on the run, but having a great time. I mean, he's, just, he's a gangster. He's a ga on the run. And obviously some other gangsters decided they were going to take him out. Like that bloke who was gunned down in the middle of the forest, wasn't it, in his house? And nobody saw a thing. It's unbelievable, really. Unbelievable. Uh, do Cheryl's tears reveal marriage heartache? Is, is little Cheryl's marriage on the rocks? And is it, you know, I mean, it's, what do they talk about? He's a businessman and she's just somebody who trowels loads of makeup on and goes because you're worth it. And that's about it. So the son are deducing from the fact that she's been very teary that the marriage is on the rocks. I was going to say, probably wasn't, but it is now. That's the kind of thing they go, really think so? Is that the way people see the marriage? Next thing, she'll be complaining to the son about, you know, leave us alone, I'm mar my marriage is fine. But, I mean, to be honest with you, she keeps complaining about it, and then the next breath, she tells us that she's, uh, she's not bothered by the... You know, I'm not going to dignify it by, by saying anything. But, of course, she's already done it. It's too late. 
Vote Fury, says Calvin McKenzie. He's no worse than winners Gaza, Co or Christie. Uh, plus, he said, seeing Claire Balding's expression when he won would be worth the licence fee. Poor old Kelvin. He gets older by the day, doesn't he? Older and more crackers. But uh, he talks about um, all sorts of things, actually. He talks about, you know, questions are of Mr Coe. Uh, sexist uh, would be Tyson Fury. The drunk, of course, would be Gaza. And uh, the cheat would be, uh, be Christie as well. It doesn't, does it really matter, actually, who wins the personality of the year? I mean, it's it's just an excuse for a lot of people to put their very expensive suits on, sit in a studio and pat each other on the back. That's about it. Talking of Tyson Fury, he's not going to face gay hate charges. They said, uh, even though it was uh, controversial, um, they said the circumstances in which these comments were made uh, suggest no criminal offence has taken place. The matter will not be investigated any further. I just don't think he should be on the programme. He's got thoughts which quite clearly are out of step with the rest of the country. Well, the rest of the country and Kelvin McKenzie, who's always been slightly left of centre, sort of just about falling off in the same in the same direction as a, as a few other people. Um, so, you know, I just don't think he should be there being nominated. I mean, hopefully he'll, you know, he, he might be nominated because the BBC will just blindly go on with whatever they want to do. And they've probably already written out his place card at the table, so they'll have to stick with it. And, uh, and then he won't win. It'll go to somebody else, which will save them lots and lots of embarrassment. Uh, talking of lots of embarrassment, if you don't get up now, you're going to miss going to work today. You're going to miss getting cheap petrol. And believe you me, there is cheap petrol on offer. I think there's a couple of the supermarkets. Asda are doing it, and I think Sainsbury's as well. Under a pound. Under a pound. But, of course, it's not really... You can't go and buy a litre of fuel. It's 99.7 pence. So, 0.3 under a pound, it's a bit swizzy, isn't it? It's like saying, it's under a tenner, £9.99. So here, you know, petrol under a pound, because it's Christmas, 0.3 of a pence. 0.3 of a pence, 99 point. Imagine going in there. If you go in there and try and buy, you know, a litre of fuel, they're going to charge you a pound, aren't they? Because it's not going to be physically possible to manage it. New surge in asylum seekers and a council house owner's betrayal. Uh, the new series of celebrity TV Bake Off. Got some right naff people on it. Uh, the disabled police chief sacked after being filmed rowing a boat. I must tell you about the uh, no ticket for the commuter and the airport bag bashers. All of that and more on LBC This Morning. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. So the uh, the um, campaign to keep Donald Trump out of the company has now got 500,000 signatures, as indeed you knew it would have done because it's on the internet and it gathers momentum. Probably 90% of the people have got the faintest idea who Donald Trump is. The council house betrayal. Uh, David Cameron is trying to push through something, which means that you can keep them for about five years and then you could be back out on the streets again. The new surge in asylum seekers, the world's oldest married couple, 90 years. The most eligible bachelor in the world is apparently Prince Harry. Although what you talk about, I can't imagine. Uh, the airport bag bashers, £800, no ticket for a commuter. And uh, the thief who pinched a crate of Lucasade and got away on a hoverboard. They must have been very old if they couldn't chase a hoverboard. That's like Margaret, uh, Muckley and Biddy as well from Pugs Might Fly. Thank you very much indeed, as always. And uh, Morrison and Asda. Cutting petrol to less than a pound a litre. You see, I don't think 99.7 is cutting it. I know technically it is cutting it to under a pound, but you can't put a litre in, can you? It's 99.7. I mean, it's 0.3, of, 0.3 pence. 
They're still making money on it. They're not doing it for free, put it that way. There's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be loads of uh, loads of money out there. Uh, Mark says, in defence of Sillit Bang not using men in adverts, I remember a newspaper story of a man who cleaned his kitchen floor with petrol and Sillit Bang. When the boiler ignited, it caused an explosion and demolished the house. The headline read, Bang, and the house was gone. You see, that appeals to my, my sixth sense of humour, you see. I quite like... I remember seeing a woman on the television. When people stockpiling petrol... Do you remember people stockpiling petrol? And this woman's in the kitchen and she's pouring petrol from one jug to another. She stockpiled petrol without realising she wasn't bright enough to know that petrol fumes float above. You know, don't think that because you can see the fumes there, you can sense the fumes there. And of course, she goes to the stove and she's got, you know, and she lights the gas. And there's an almighty bang and the kitchen's gone. I mean, literally, it was it was that dangerous, that dangerous. Uh, Attical in Stratford says, I may be mistaken, Steve, but I thought I heard you say a couple of weeks ago you might open the phone lines for Christmas Day programme. Is that true? Well, I did say as a tempter, I said I might. I haven't actually committed myself as such. I'll have to have a word with the producer, Beth, to find out whether or not it's a feasible thing to do, because apparently there's all sorts of legal obligations on Christmas Day. You have to check with the North Pole and Father Christmas and everybody else as to to whether or not Steve Allen is going to be sane enough on Christmas morning to actually open up the phone lines. I mean, I don't know what we talk about. Who knows? A con man whose gang helped fund IS by swindling £600,000 from the elderly was behind bars the other night, despite a plea from Jeremy Corbyn, if you please. Mohammed Dahir was one of four men convicted of a phone scam on 18 old-age pensioners. An ISIS terrorist bus suspect, uh, believed to be in Syria, received some of the cash. After the verdicts, barrister Patrick Hart told the old Bailey Mr Corbyn had written to back student Dahir's application for bail, saying he has roots in the area. The judge thought differently and sent them to prison. So uh, they will be sentenced at a, a later date, but he's been found guilty of uh, converting criminal property while a fifth was acquitted. And uh, not a very pleasant person at all. So £600,000 from pen. These people have no qualms about cheating people at all, do they? Absolutely no, no qualms at all. There's also the baggage handlers at Luton who are seen kicking luggage containing passengers' cherished possessions and chucking them onto a conveyor belt. One source said, this is outrageous. Anything valuable would definitely have broken. Makes you wonder whether they're taking the job seriously. Airline security expert Julian Bray called for staff to be disciplined. He said, I'd expect it in a third world airport, not London. This is the video filmed from a passenger after a flight from Greece in October. The Luton Airport spokesman says behaviour of this type is unacceptable. We will be investigating this with the relevant airline. I suppose after a while they get a bit bored with putting people's luggage on and put this on here. And Oh, God, how dull, how boring, how very tedious. So that's that's probably why, I should imagine, that's why that eventually somebody throws a bag and somebody happens to catch it. And uh, there it is. A minimum purchase, says James, of two litres with regards to petrol. I know, but it just, I just don't think it's right, is it? When they go, it's under a pound a litre, 99.7. That's a pound as far as I'm concerned. That's a pound. Uh, two pints of beer a day could slash Alzheimer's deaths. I suppose, actually, if you do sort of four pints, you definitely get, you can be cured of everything by the sound of it. What a brilliant idea. And the £800 story. <coughs> Excuse me, I've just found it. It's a commuter. His name's Matthew Ashley. Matthew Ashley is 29. Um, I wouldn't mind, but the fare that he was dodging, because he's a bit simple, was £4.90. Um, he was caught on a train last May. He refused to pay that, so he's fined another £50. He still didn't pay. 
You know, he's, he's not the brightest penny in the box. So Great Western Railway took him to court. He lives in Taunton in Somerset. Uh, they've, he's now been ordered to pay £4.90 plus £440 fine, £44 victim surcharge, £160 cost and £150 criminal court charge. Ha, 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 ha. So there you go, Matthew Ashley, the dimmest person in the country for a £4.90 fare, which had he paid it, would have been, you know, quite cheap. Now he's got to cough up eight. Hundred pounds. I hate people who cheat. I hate people who cheat. It drives me mad. I think I work. I pay. I can manage to do it, but uh, he couldn't. And so what he did for four pound ninety, he totally ignored it without real. What did he think the railway companies were going to do? Just leave him and go? Oh, don't don't bother with him. No, 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 no. Get him into get him into court. Eight hundred pounds later, he won't be doing that ever again. <laughs> I think he should. I think we should make people like that wear a sticker on their back going, "I'm an idiot." I think it would make it a lot easier, wouldn't it? And then, you, then you'd sort of know about it. I can't quite understand why somebody uh, with sort of ripped jeans by the look of it in New Mitcham uh, filmed on CCTV on a, one of these little um, hoverboards, which are illegal, totally illegal, to use them, you know, out on the pavement. He goes in there, picks up a, a crate of Lucasaid. You know, most people nick cigarettes and booze. He nicks Lucasaid. It's like pinching Mattersons, isn't it? Or something like that. I just don't quite understand why he'd do it. Especially as he's going to be arrested. I should imagine uh, somebody will recognise him and go, I know that is. And people do, they, they, they can't wait to tell people about it. They can't wait to say to the police, I know exactly who that person is. So I bet you by the end of today he will be arrested and he'll be in, uh, he'll be in court. He'll be in court, as simple as that. Uh, Twelve prison inmates in one day needed medical treatment. Why? Because they were taking legal highs in prison. I thought it was a deterrent. Apparently not. Inspectors uncovered the rife use of spice, a highly addictive synthetic form of cannabis, at a jail near Weatherby. The stunned chief inspector of prisons, Nick Hardwick, said, In the few hours I spent walking around the prison one morning, I saw three prisoners clearly affected by what they'd taken. Unbelievable, isn't it? So they're now going to introduce um, uh, drug dogs inside a prison. I mean, we know that they've got telephones, we know that they have access to most things. Now they're saying they should be given iPads so they can make contact with their friends and loved ones on the outside world. I thought it was prison. I thought prison was supposed to be a deterrent. You went to prison because you'd done something wrong. These people are having a better life in than they are out. There's a brave parrot in the paper today. Uh, He's uh, inspiring, very inspiring. He has kayaked 250 miles up the Yukon River. And his name is Ben Parkinson. He's dodged grizzly bears and wolves uh, whilst tackling raging rapids in Canada. I think most of the wolves will be in, uh, most of the bears are in hibernation, aren't they? There was one that came out of hibernation the other day, and that frightened people a little bit. Went to bite through this, uh, this bloke's shoe. So apparently, you know, when you, when you see a wolf, if you're in New Addington in Croydon, um, if you see a wolf, you've got to back away from it slowly, talking slowly. Like, hello, Mr. Wool. Oh, sorry, hello, Mr. Bear. I'm a very nice person. I'm a human. You don't want to eat me. And apparently the bear recognises the fact that you're human and won't attack. Psst. Yeah, right. I'd be running like heck. I'd be, I'd be running so fast. Although, actually, they say it's no good running from a bear because they can lollop along at 30 miles an hour. They make Usain Bolt look like he's on crutches. So, very dangerous, isn't it? One family will spend nothing for Christmas and one will spend... £18,000. And the reason she wants to spend £18,000 is because um, there's a man here. He says, I work 20 hours a day before Christmas so we can splash out 18600 on the kids. This is Matt Milchard. They they call him generous. These people just come over as idiots. 
just, I mean, he's, he's got a three-year-old son, Oliver, and a four-month-old daughter. And he says, I know we go way over the top. No, the way over the top bit is when you put yourself in the papers and people point and laugh at you. 18,600 for Christmas. I would feel so much better. And it's nothing to do with me. I've said this before, but, you know, as we're having an opinion on the programme this morning, um, you know, it's a case of, if you'd said, listen, I was going to spend 18,600. He spends on assorted gifts, 2,200. Clothes, 500. Days out, 1,500. Caribbean Disney Cruise as a Christmas holiday, £14,000. That mouse is working out blooming expensive. A Caribbean Disney cruise as a Christmas holiday, 14 grand. So that's why they're spending the 18 grand, but it just makes you look bad. I'd feel better. It's nothing to do with me. You could do what you want with your money. You know, if you'd said, we've got 18,600, we're giving, you know, 15,000 of that to, uh, to charity. We're giving it to a homeless charity so that people can have a Christmas dinner this year. I'd get, you know, I would, I would get more, more pleasure out of something like that. Not to brag that you've got £18,600 to spend on Christmas for a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. Sorry, four-month-old. I mean, that's just obscene. You know, what, I mean, how many presents do you buy for 2200 He's three years old, for God's sake. He doesn't know what the value of money... He's got no idea what 2200 is. And unfortunately, it doesn't make you look better. I'd have rather spent the money on some clothes for yourself and the wife. You know, because you don't... You know, it looks a bit embarrassing. Uh, there's one woman here. She's called Louisa Furman. She's giving to charity. I'm donating to a kid's charity, so nothing for gifts. Because you can make things, can't you? And if you've only got little kids, they don't know what presents are. They've got no... I'm taking a break. I'm talking about the, the festive joys and things like that. And how much money people spend... You know, there's there's one here, 13,500 she's spending. Blimey. But 18,600 on two children, one of whom is only four months old. Seems a bit pointless to me. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is uh, the time. Oh, it's like a ballet class in here. We leap from here to here to here because it's Friday and you cannot wipe the smile off people's face on Friday (laughs) because it's the weekend and it's possibly the last weekend. You're going to go mad this weekend spending money on credit cards because you don't want to leave it till next weekend. That's that's too close to Christmas. So best you go out today. Uh, We had rugby. I'd forgotten we had rugby yesterday. And uh, I, sort of, I got on the train and they're having problems getting the trains out of Waterloo Station yesterday. And so eventually I thought I'd get on the Reading train and it was fairly quiet until we got to Clapham Junction. Then all of a sudden, whoosh, the entire world descends on you and you end up with people next to you who are eating their breakfast. So, they, they, so they're clutching a cup of coffee, which they clamp between their knees. And then they've got a, a bun that they open and things. And you think, oh, Lord, are they going to finish this before we get to Twickenham? And then I, sort of, I said to Twickenham, there was a girl sitting next to me, and she was trying to have a conversation with her boyfriend who was sitting in another seat to the other side of the train. And uh, I said, excuse me. And, uh, and they were all getting off. Everybody was getting off at the same place. So we all got off and I thought, oh, it's rugby day. I keep forgetting about things like that. But actually yesterday was a good day then for us to go shopping because it takes all the, uh, all the heat off you. Uh, today, I suspect you should go out shopping. And uh, if you're looking for what to buy me, or to make a, you know, a big, big song and dance about it, but that £31,000 hamper, which would be very nice with the crystal glasses and everything for the, for the Rolls-Royce motor car, uh, would be lovely. No room in the boot. You've got something better than that. Have you really? Good Lord, honestly. Oh, the third part turned up yesterday. I think, as I say, the, the, the producer's present to me is coming in parts. It's sort of a part work. I think it's build your own kit version of the Titanic. 
and uh, he's managed to sort of persuade the company who make it in Spain to send me all the kit parts. So I'm going to have most of it, except the bit that works the engines, you know. Life-size Phil Vickery cutout. He's name-dropping Phil Vickery now, because Phil Vickery's my friend, and I get really upset about, you know, he's, I've got his phone number, I'm not sharing... And then he goes to me, I've got Phil Vickery's phone number. He started muscling in. It's unnecessary, unnecessary on this programme. There's no sort of hierarchy. It stops with me. And uh, because it says the Steve Allen show with Phil Vickery. It doesn't say anything else on there. Uh, and I want to do quickly, I want to do the front pages of the uh, of the papers. But I also want to uh, remind you, we've done most of the stories today. Um, uh, the, the, the first woman to run the BBC makes the papers. I only mention her because she said her biggest worry is what to wear. I would have thought it would be suspending radio presenters and especially some poor bloke who's been suspended uh, this time round who works in Northern Ireland. He's gay. And uh, he was complaining, complained on Facebook about uh, the way the BBC have sort of treated him because of Tyson Fury and his comments about gay people. So the BBC have suspended him. They don't like anything, do they? They don't like anybody sort of rocking the boat for them. You know, he's a gay man. He just happened to have some opinion. So they've suspended him. He'll be turning up on this morning. You watch. It wouldn't surprise me if the if the researchers down at this morning are going, that's a good story. I like that one. I like that one there. Also, I wonder if anybody's going to pick up on the fire crew. They've done a cruel prank. They've got Father Christmas splattered on the front of their fire truck um, saying, uh, sorry, kids, no no presents this year. We've run over Father Christmas, which, of course, you know, for, for mummies listening with their children at the moment, don't worry, Father Christmas will will be delivering as usual. My boss told me to say that. Uh, the most eligible bachelor in the world is Prince Harry. I mean, th- why, why is he eligible? He's not. El- in fact, he's only eligible if he's on the market, but he's not actually on the market at all. Uh, is, um, is Cheryl, is her marriage on the rock? She's apparently looking gaunt. They say that's the reason. I thought it was, you know, if people sort of look a bit gaunt, I thought it just means they're not eating properly. I need to go down and talk to my friend Phil Vickery. He'll be making something nice for them. Pinching my guests. Uh, parents are banned from filming the nativity at the school. You know, the parents go there, you know, and they want to film, you know, my name is Mary and I'm Joseph and, and we want to stay here because Mary's about to have a baby and we're not married. And um, we, want to, we want to have um, say in your stable. And, and I think the innkeeper shoved them in the stable because he was fully booked because uh, all their en-suite rooms had gone. And so they, uh, so can we, can we stay in the stable? Yes, you can stay in the stable because you're an embarrassment, because you're not married. We only have married couples. Can't just sign in as Mary and Joseph. Um, the street where the average home costs £8 million. It's lovely. I'm so sorry. I hate to mention this to people listening to this programme up north or people from overseas where £8 million could probably buy you some of these Caribbean islands. Uh, the Balmoral uh, estate has targeted little outs. Little outs everywhere. I did tutting the other day. I saw a bloke standing at the bus stop. He looked a bit oiky. And he was unwrapping a packet of cigarettes. Filthy, dirty habit. But uh, not up to me to decide you what you decide to set fire to in your mouth. And he takes the wrappers off and he just throws them on the ground. And I looked at him and I went, disgusting. I hate people doing things like that. It really annoys me. Especially when they're standing next to a rubbish bin. It's really awful. I do like the, uh, or, uh, the audience story. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But it's a good story of uh, Colin Campbell. The uh, nasty little bully who turned up on uh, the Armour Celebrity thing with the son Dimmer, who uh, complained bitterly about the Versace rooms because the bathroom was in the room. It's called en suite, OK? Uh, but anyway, um, Alan Carr, who can't get the guests at the moment, it's not, it's not looking good at all. Uh, when he announced that Lady Colin Campbell was there uh, and was coming on, half the audience walked out. They said 100 members of the audience walked out. 
Which actually, to be honest, I'd have thought they'd have done that for Yvette Fielding. Bit, bit, uh, bit, um, bit, bit, I think in this day and age, more people walking out, you know, they go, and coming up on the show today, Derek Akora, everybody leaves. Coming up. <coughs> yes, we're actually, yes, the producer's quite, uh, quite surprised that the audience for Alan Carr is so discerning. I always thought they looked at those three sheets to the wind if they find him very funny. They used to do that for the Jonathan Ross show, The Last Resort. I went to a few of those. They used to give you booze. By the time the show started, I was off with the fairies. Way, woo, all that kind of stuff. But uh, so Colin Campbell comes in and the audience walk out. Lovely, love stuff like that. Let's just prove to her that nobody cares about her. She was a nasty little bully in the jungle. She uh, she's sort of hanging on to her five seconds of fame. And then he got a butler to serve her champagne. You don't need to do that, Alan. You need to get some better guests, get some better researchers, ditch all the uh, all the third rate guests because it's not doing you any fair. I'm getting better guests than you are. I do you think my audience is bigger than you as well? Uh, 84850, steve at Sean says fair dodgers, seat hoggers, dogs and bags. Oh, it's dreadful on the train. It really is. You get all sorts of people. As I say, we've had all sorts of people banging their head against the windows. It just is. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. It is. And uh, another one here. Do you still wear your socks once? Yes. Of course. But why not? You see, people shouldn't worry about what other people do. They really shouldn't. Um, the uh, the prison toll of the highs. Emma and Ryland could be off to X Factor. Don't believe a word of that one at all. And um, what was the other one that I, I quite like? Oh, obesity is as big as terrorism, which is ridiculous. I've never heard such a headline before. The council house betrayal I did tell you about. That's on the front of the uh, mirror for this morning. Uh, the male are running with the uh, British Golden Globe girls go head to head. I'm afraid it's Helen Mirren again. Just when you thought, oh dear, we were going to get so bored. Uh, Cheryl and Hubby on the rocks, according to The Sun. And Apocalypse Now, obesity is bigger risk as terrorism. The man who, at 28, suffered a heart attack uh, because he downed eight cans of Red Bull. Apparently he dreams of Red Bull. I'm so glad I'm diabetic. I don't dream of Red Bull at all. Sam Cam, the surprise star of TV's Bake Off, uh, because they've got all sorts... Will Young is doing it. God knows why. Perhaps there's no work out there. Um, Well, they've got Jerry... Anyway, you must get a panto. Kimberly Walsh, John Simpson, Alison Steadman, I adore. Ed Balls, the former Shadow Chancellor. God, blimey. Uh, Aid Edmondson, like Aid. Uh, David James, the former England goalkeeper, and dreary old Louise Redknapp again. Oh, my goodness, mate. I think I shall avoid the programme. Listen, just about it this morning. I forgot to mention 90 years of wedded bliss for the world's oldest married couple. They currently live with their youngest son, Paul, his wife, and two of their four children. Paul's joked about if I'd known they were going to live this long. Anyway, listen, have a fantastic weekend. You will be with me tomorrow morning, will you not, between five and seven. We have the best of Steve Allen on LBC between five and seven tomorrow morning. Then I'm back on Sunday with In Conversation, Tina Fey, Eddie the Eagle Edwards, and I'll be live between six and eight. I'm repeated for In Conversation between nine and ten. Don't forget to download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Follow me on Twitter. At Steve Allen Show. There's loads to get in, isn't there? Leading Britain's conversation at seven. It's Nick Ferrari at breakfast right now. Lisa Aziz with the morning news. This is LBC.